1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next
2: adventure on Fishing Booker. It's time once again for a wonderful episode of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are right here at 30 Rackway, beautiful Buckatorium, fantastic New Windsor, Illinois. I'm Steve, and it's just me and Kurt. Yeah, just doing the intro in here. That's Kurt, if you've never heard the show before. Yeah, that's (laughs) me. Uh, this podcast is one that was
0: recorded back in October uh, while I was in Oregon on my mule deer hunt with Leupold, uh with Brandon and Mr. Lucas Burt. Um, great dudes. So this one already aired on the Loopold Core podcast. We kind of did like a back and forth type episode on this, but it was one that I don't know why we didn't air it like, in the moment <laughs> time. It was kind of one we've just been sitting on and this is a perfect, uh, perfect week to do it going to ATA and all that. So we figured we'd launch it now. And it's kind of a cool recap and sort of like a BS hunting camp episode. Um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, real loose, real, real, real relaxed. And we get into some good hunting stories.
2: Yeah. I, I hope you enjoyed yourself. I had a great time. I'm, I, I'm glad you had a good time. Thank you. I, I was busy wondering about you.
0: <laughs> I was just <laughs> fine, man.
2: Hey, I got a, uh, I got a vet shot. I thought I want to do. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's, uh, let's hop right in that. So, um, we uh we had a a guy message us and he wanted us to give a shout out um the vet shout out this week is gus fletcher um and it was our good buddy alex jensen sent it in here um he was an army soldier and uh just a couple weeks ago he uh he did take his own life um you know we uh we love our vets to death and uh what i want to do right now is you know we're going to take a moment of silence for this uh this guy here for a second and Thank you for your service, uh, Gus. Apparently, Alex said that he was—he's uh, one of his, his cousin's friends, and just you know, this guy obviously had a big enough impact to um, make it—you know—make an impact on his life. You know, being being kind of that distant, not like just buddy buddy, but. Uh, you know we're thinking about you. Thank you for your service to this country, man. You know, um, and that that veteran suicide is something that hopefully we can address in 2020 and see what we can maybe do to to help sure. out. But it's just it's. Maybe we love shout, shouting out our vets, but, you know, there is that uh, that unfortunate thing that, that does happen, and we uh, love all you guys. So, yeah,
0: thank you guys everyone for your service, and thanks for submitting that. That's a major bummer, but something that kind of sucks to bring up, especially in, like, a veteran shout-out segment. But mm-hmm. I feel at times, like, sometimes it's, like, necessary and, like, has its place to kind of, like, raise yeah. awareness out of, like, the
2: daily just bullshit, I guess. Exactly. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get on with this uh, this episode here. Just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to now. No, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I did, again, I, I didn't want to bring down no, the mood, but uh, hey, man, it's a, it's a part of the everyday struggle. Yeah, man, it's too bad. Definitely. It's too bad. Uh, the podcast is
0: presented by uh, HHA sports. They have a lot of sorts now, uh, and I'm just going to run through them. HHA sports, sink crusher, uh, thermos seat, uh, victory arrows, loophole, uh, lone wolf, custom gear, elite archery, old barn taxidermy and hunters blend coffee. And Steve was like, "Man, I want to get fancy with the can cooker <laughs> plug today." So I'm gonna let Steve save this uh, this bad mood I'm in now and bring it up with. So if I'm just a redneck boy, yeah, which I think that we are, uh-huh. and I'm like, "Man, this can cooker is only good for chili, and right. I'm only gonna make chili out of my can cooker," but. But maybe I have like a nice lady over for dinner or something.
2: Then then what would you do like for after after chili? Alright, so <laughs> for the for the after chili dessert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, which yeah. come on. T- tell you what, and guys, uh, if you are married, you know, and you uh want to talk your, your significant other into getting one of these, um this is for any can cooker so you can get either size. Guys, I'm gonna tell you how you can make flan. I don't know what that is. It's we, like a fish, right? No. It's a very, very fancy dessert, a very squishy dessert. So here's what you're going to use. (laughs) Squishy. Here's what you're going to use. You're going to need 10 egg yolks, one can, 390 grams of evaporated milk, one can, 390 grams of condensed milk, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, one cup of brown sugar, three quarters cup of water for the caramel. You hear that? 24 ounces of water for the flan. And you're actually going to need four to five aluminum baking loaf pans Now, you got to make caramel here. So in a saucepan, dissolve brown sugar and water over low heat until the color turns pale brown. Um, Don't just, you know, swirl the pan around. You got to actually get in there and cover the bottom of each, each loaf pan with caramel. All right. In a mixing bowl, combine the egg yolks, condensed milk, evaporated milk, and vanilla. Use a whisk to uh, mix gently. Prevent the bubbles from forming. Remove any solids from a strainer, okay? That's very important. Pour the mixture on top of the caramel in the loaf pans and fill the pans about one to an uh, inch and a quarter high, if you can. Uh, cover loaf pans with an alum- with aluminum foil. Place the rack. Now, you got to get this from can cooker, and they sell it, and it's going to save your life. That rack that goes in there. Add 24 ounces of water. Place loaf pans on top of the rack. Cover, latch lid, steam for about 40 to 45 minutes. Remove the loaf and let it cool at room temperature, and then refrigerate for several hours. Okay, so you're going to have to do some pre-planning. So cook your chili. So you have this done. You
0: already have this done. Then yeah, then you're cooking your chili. So you're not like doing dishes in between.
2: No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm like really hungry right now because I haven't eaten. But that actually sounds like something that I'd really like. You know what I I think so. They got a couple of tips in there too. But uh so you're after chili dessert or you want to convince your significant other that uh getting a can cooker everybody can use it.
0: Oh dude, you know what? I I have the heart from my butt creepy still in the freezer. Ooh. I might try and think of some sort of like heart m- mixture of some sort I could do in the can cooker. Oh man, you could do like braised heart or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I got to get creative, man. I got to mix it up again. I do that every once in a while. I get creative and then I go back to like just being a bland cook. Yeah. No, I, so I need to get creative. Can Cooker can help with that. They can. Anyway, thank you for that recipe, Steve. Hey, no we'll problem. bring you that monthly can Cooker recipe right here. And I, I, God damn it, I hope you are cooking that recipe right <laughs> along so. with
2: us. Let us know. Send us pictures of what you cooked in a can Cooker. Someone make flan. I need to do wings again. I'm overdue for that. All right, let's get
0: to this episode. It's a long one. We hope you enjoy. Let me know what you think. Um it's been a long time since we uh, it feels like a long time since we recorded this but it's uh I'm going to listen to this on the way down to the ATA show and bring me back a little bit It'll be about perfect perfect length there you go all right thanks for listening hope you enjoy it
3: i love you
0: as a Three Amigos right there. Thank you for that, man. Just so you know. <laughs> I need another drink. This is a joint podcast between Working Class Ball Hunter and... The Leupold Core Insider Podcast. And, uh, yeah, we're going. Well, hey, Brandon, welcome to the podcast, man. This is internet radio. Internet radio for mm. all those folks who like to hear
4: the real deal, authentic stories of fans of the brand. Of mm-hmm. loophold
0: and Working Class Ball That's Hunter. That's right. I like the sound of that. It is, is nice. Good. So we're kind of the hosts, and Brandon, you're just tagging along for this one. Oh, you cool! Can be, you can be, be a third host wheel. Too. You can be a host too. Let's
4: be three <laughs> three hosts, <laughs> three hosts with no guests. It's kind of like Three Amigos, which anyway, we do it all the time. By the way, was what that amazing song was from? It was the tail end of it. It was good. Is My Little Buttercup from? Three amigos. So, if you haven't seen that, circa probably nineteen eighty-eight to nineteen ninety. We'll have to double-check the stats on that. Yeah, the um, year after I was born. Yeah, you, oh, way before you were born. You have to check. I was it born out. in ninety. Yeah. When were you born? Eighty-seven. Ooh. Hey, uh, we won't Lucas. When we were you born? I'm looking. I'm looking up the date of the seventy-three three or something. You have oh. to look up the date you were born. No, no, no. no. Three huh. amigos. Uh, I was born in nineteen eighty.
0: So we are in Oregon, and we are doing a, doing a mule deer hunting camp podcast. Um, it's kind of cool getting. It's cool to get in the chance to record real hunting camp podcasts because doesn't happen that often. All right, what are you pulling up? Three Amigos, released in 1986, a magical year. Oh,
1: the year yeah. before I was born. There you were we close. Go. Not oh, the year after, know. but the year before yeah, I was born. Good, good work, good work. Which means even further away from when you were born, Kurt, yes. and closer to when you were born. That's right. Guess, huh?
4: Just
0: a young lad over here, just a young lad. Uh, why don't oh. you get, go, re- rewind us back you here. You want me to start or, over? Hey, to start we're doing right. a hunting camp podcast. <laughs> this is yeah. fun because it's rare when you get actually get to do a camp. A hunting camp podcast, and we are in middle of nowhere, Oregon, hunting the mules. Deer. And I will say it's it's actually really interesting because we have
4: the greatest intention of doing more hunting caps style podcasts. Yeah. But what we fail to remember every single time is that when you hunt, it's dawn to dusk, mm-hmm. and... You got to prep before, and then you got to get stuff together after. And so eat
0: dinner, and it, by the time you eat dinner, yeah.
4: And so like this whole week, a typical morning, alarms going off at four thirty in the morning. Yep, uh, three th- times before you actually get up. In my case, you know the snooze button is <laughs> prominent here <sighs> on my end of the bed. Yeah, it's interesting because you know <laughs> I I would say the snooze button can help people and also destroy marriages. It is what it is. It helps me.
0: It hasn't hurt my marriage, yet. regardless. <laughs>
4: yet. Let's. We're two so, years in though.
1: So <laughs> can we? Do, let's just take. Let's just take a quick second and explain yeah, to everyone that's good. listening here that has may not. They may not have like been exposed to this. The snooze button? No, no, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have been exposed to the snooze button. It's the the devil's playground. But you brought up a very good point either this morning or yesterday morning of like, hey, Kurt... (laughs) If you just set your alarm for the time you actually want to get up, you'll get 20 minutes more sleep. That's true. That's Instead true. of
0: just hitting
1: snooze 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 times. But just- in my
0: head, I think if I set it for that time, I will hit snooze 11 times before I actually get up and get out of bed. So, so I'll be late. And yeah, so this
4: if- this is the fallacy of the snooze button. It gives people an excuse to, I don't even know, I think just be horrible people. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my no, no, no. We can
3: go
1: down a really dark rabbit hole here. because I know, be there, there is some mental psychology that goes on with, like, yeah. alarm goes off, you get up, you do it. There, well, there, there, there is some psychology that goes well, the on. The thing with, that. with
0: this is, I, to, for me personally, like, I don't consider myself a morning person, right? But I do like to hunt. So, I, in my head, I'm like paranoid that I'm going to oversleep, right, and miss my morning hunt. So I'm like, so you start thirty minutes early. I, I will gradually wake myself up because I'll get up easier than if I'm just like try to cold wake myself up, and it won't happen. So I know you, myself. So
1: when you sleep, I was going to say when you sleep with it dude like lucas but that sounds like <laughs> <laughs> when you sleep in the same room it's a hunting camp as a yeah as a guy like lucas over here that listen okay my plan's not gets perfect up right instantly, instantly when an alarm goes off he's he a is, professional in, 30 minutes wakes laying with, in his bed with a smile yeah
4: um i'm a morning <laughs> person hashtag sorry not sorry cramping here's the thing is that if you just if you tell yourself uh when it's time to wake up you get up like, cause here, here's the deal. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm tired when I, when that, when your alarm goes off at 4:30, and I'm like, well, you know, mine was set for five Oh five, but I guess five Oh five, I guess I'm getting up at 4:30 this morning again. Um, I just say, okay, time to get up. Hey, you know what and I'm upset about
0: that? This turned into an intervention on Kurt <laughs> and this shouldn't be an intervention on Kurt. <laughs> well, the, here's, here's the deal.
4: I, I would, I would probably venture to guess that I am actually in the minority of this news button. I do. You are. I do believe that. I would say so. Yeah. That's the better place to be. Yeah. Agree,
1: honestly. From like a success business, right? Hey, hold on, entrepreneur. It doesn't matter because like no matter what
0: time I get up, if I if I have to be to work at whatever time, right? If I'm there at whatever time, I did my job. I got there. I'm Correct. doing what I'm supposed to and do. Now, now
1: here's the deal. No matter what, what my I'm not, sleep. I'm going to go into it. This it is a deep, dark hole that I've studied <laughs> a lot, actually, because I am a sneezer I'm a I'm a snooze buttoner. Mm-hmm. But there is a st- there is a specific you're like a 5 minute snooze guy then you're up well but the thing is like it's all about like decision making and processing throughout your day you're setting your day up for success Ow. if you're if why am you're, i getting No this is on. this is not this is not directed just towards you this <laughs> okay. is to all the snooze button hitters out there if you just if your alarm goes off and you just get up as much as
2: it sucks
1: and you don't want to it sets your your day up
0: for success.
4: Correct. And there's a second compo- component to that.
1: Okay.
0: So we, setting the stage... I still we, feel like subconsciously you guys are...
4: No,
1: th- this you know. is honestly nothing towards this you. This is a I'm passive just, aggressive like, dig. dig. No, These no, no, are... No. Hey, no. me
0: and the working class listeners are upset because we don't want to go to our blue-collar job and grind on metal all day. No, I get <laughs> this. I like, Because I am a
1: snooze person as well. Yeah. And because of that, I have looked at this and, like, studied... People that have been very successful business people, and this comes up very often. Second, mm-hmm.
4: second component. So we're sitting in a, a kitchen slash dining room right now. Kurt, if you could do me a favor, slide your chair back and peek into the room in which we share and tell me what the beds look like. <laughs> no, slide back. Just give me a quick slide back.
0: I, I'm not going to slide back because no. it will make noise.
4: It's real time. <laughs> That's a fake slide back now.
0: Oh you guys make your bed so you're better than me. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Is that so, what
4: the deal is? Second component to that is that and so this
0: was a research That's also study done. Existing, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, and was, so this is an intervention on Kurt all of a sudden. <laughs> no, <it is. laughs> it is. You know what? Maybe I think more about my day than making my bed, so I'm up and I'm
4: ready to take things on. So See? it actually goes down to I think it's what the military teaches, right? It's not just about um I'm gonna screw this whole thing up, but um order and chaos blah 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 blah. but if you start your morning with a small success that will lead to Mm. the next success so hey waking up to your alarm one first time small success making your bed small success next success shooting a giant mule deer. In wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow. That <laughs> Look at him.
0: How many more times do you think that's going to come turn This turned up? around on us all. This how turned around more? on me the most, but how it many? just turned around on YouTube, too, <laughs> Yeah, how many? <laughs> so now we're all upset yeah. with Lucas. Well, no, yeah, no, no, no. Here. I'm just saying that Hold on. What are we doing here?
4: We are. This, first this, of all... This
0: went so far off. Everyone that <laughs> thinks that like I was cool now thinks I'm no longer cool. Like, I haven't apparently I have no goals. I can't hold a full-time job. My podcast is terrible because I didn't make my bed and I hit the snooze button two times before I get up. Hey, maybe I'm just thinking about the bigger picture in life and I don't give it. I'm going right back in the bed. I'm going to sleep the same way I did the night before. No, we we get it. And That's I'm just true. saying on day 6. You know what I, I do? I get up and I kiss my wife cuz I love her and I say, "Honey, you have a great day." And I give my child a hug and I go to work and I kill it. And I go back to the same bed, and I sleep, and I snore a little, <laughs> <laughs> belly or back. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for that, guys. Okay. I'll <laughs> do better next time. Okay.
4: <laughs> so we have gone. So, so that we're setting the stage, right? So it yeah. all starts with the fact that. Oh wow, that rabbit hole is big. Um, we should talk about
0: that we're in Oregon.
4: Well, so, we, yeah, we're, we're in Oregon. Most people have best laid plans on doing podcasts, day-by-day podcasts mm-hmm. on these hunts. Hunting camps are great. Um, it gives you a chance to really get to know people very quickly. You, get, yep. you go through ups and downs. There's a lot of turmoil. There's blood, sweat, tears, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, Hunting together
0: brings people together very fast, too. However,
4: what we always fail as content creators, we always fail to remember, is that 4.30 in the morning until 8 o'clock at night it's exhausting. What time did we go to bed last night? We last night, midnight, twelve thirty. Yes, ish. but that, but that was because there was a oh, a shot and a kill. A kill. Yeah. We'll get and to then, that. We'll yep. get to and that. And then there was a pack
0: out, and there was moonlight, and it was very yeah.
2: dramatic. But what to <laughs> what Lucas is saying though?
0: Because in my head, I'm like, we're going, we're gonna have hunting camp right. all the time in the world, right? I'm gonna, eight podcasts. We'll get done. This is number two. This is number two. <laughs> the whole and and we're done tomorrow. Yeah. So it's. It, but we're hunting hard though. Like we're not, mm-hmm. we're not going to stand hunting. Can be an exhaust. It's a different type of exhaustion. It's more of like a mental type right. of exhaustion. This is a very both a little bit. I'd say it's yeah. physical and mental. Um, in this type of terrain for my Midwest people. Yeah. So this is great. Um, why don't we actually just
4: jump in for you then, Kurt? Because yeah. you're you're a Midwest dude and mm-hmm. you're used to doing stand hunting. You're used to like crushing whitetail on the daily. Yeah. Um, bow on the daily yeah um so you've come out west now for the first time uh, especially for mule deer yeah um, yeah. and so how does this experience really compare um from an emotional standpoint a physical standpoint all all those all those things combined like what what is this compared to your normal daily life
1: probably the
4: toughest time to
1: bow hunt of oh jeez! So, but, so I, which, which yeah. I didn't realize so, the hardest yeah. like literally the hardest time late, of the so, so late year. So September
4: to middle October, they're like, mm, good luck. So
1: so <laughs> like let they're kind of getting out of their summer <laughs> patterns. Right, right, They're not rutting. So let me build into
0: that then. So let me start yeah. like so for a midwestern dude coming out here is one. I will add like from, and I guess I can't speak for everyone. I would say from my mindset and my friends um, that I'm close with that are all like passionate bow hunters. Mule deer is on the bucket list. Um, and I wouldn't say strictly just for, as a bow hunting standpoint. I would say just mule deer in general, bow or gun or whatever, is on the bucket list. Elk, of course, is on the bucket list. And I'd say antelope is in the mix somewhere. Like, those are the three Western game that we think about. Oh, it would be so cool to go out there and do it. So I was, I was really excited to just have the chance to come out and pursue mule deer, especially in like the high country like this, because most times guys from the Midwest get like the closest mule deer state, which is probably like Nebraska, South Dakota, which isn't necessarily a high elevation mm-hmm. and it's not as like rugged as what this is. Right. In central Oregon, we're sitting here anywhere between 4,500 and 6,000 feet
4: ish. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it, you're probably looking at a middle high country, but it has that high desert sort of topography. So it's yeah. going to, it's going to feel very similar to a central Montana. It's going to feel very similar to a Colorado. The elevation might be, um, a little lower, yeah, but... two or three thousand feet lower, but your topography is going to be very, very similar yeah. from a, the steepness of the terrain, the type of rock, and the, you know, yep. the junipers and that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, the, just like the tree species is different from what we have. I mean, we have some like some simil- like similarities, but and mostly stuff like hardwood the... stuff, right? Yeah, like we have a lot like just thick timber. Like, the timber here is not like when you guys uh, when I was with some of the guides out here, they're like, oh yeah, the, in the woods. When I looked down, I'm like, this is open for Illinois timber. You know, it's thick hardwoods, which is a beautiful thing. Like a big Illinois or Iowa or Indiana, Wisconsin, heavy horn, rutted out whitetail, tromping through the frosted leaves and the, and the heavy timbers. That's like, that's what we dream about in the Midwest. That's that, that's it. Well, here it's a lot different. Like you want to find a big muley bedded on a rim rock and just in the perfect spot where you can stalk him with a bow or get in and get a close shot with a rifle or whatever it might be. Um, so that, that whole aspect, like the style of hunting is different. It challenges you from big time from a mental standpoint, but I say more so for for me personally, I don't climb hills like this in Illinois. There is some, but like this is insane compared to anything at home. So for me, it was more physically, and I would say the, the one thing that got me through it is if you don't really want to be successful or really kill, you're not going to have a great time. I, and I'm not in the best shape. I could I could have came out here in way better shape, like hit the stair supper and whatever. But I know I have the mental edge. And it's going to change as I get older. I'm going to have to prep more. I have the mental edge to want to get it done. So that's what kind of pushes me through and hunt harder. Whereas if you don't have that at home, you better be in damn good shape to be able to get up some of these hills to get after it. So it's kind of like know yourself, be realistic with yourself if you're coming out to this terrain. And that's how you have to tackle it, really. It's just way different. So then uh, why don't you walk us through a little bit then. You, so you came out
4: and you said, hey, I'm going to bow hunt this thing. My fan base is bow hunters. like yeah. That's my core. I've not I've never actually killed a big game animal with a rifle. Um, never. But, yep, muzzleloader excluded. Um, and so I'm going to come and I'm going to do this thing with a bow. Uh, so walk, why don't you walk us through the last handful of days and, and, and how that whole thing
2: evolved.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. This is a six or seven day hunt. I've like lost. Lost count at this point. <laughs> it just kind of blends yeah, you know? together. It, it has, because we we yeah. hunted so we're hard. It, we're in at five
4: right now. feels like eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it would feel more like five, though, if we if we could, we lost a half hour of sleep of every single day, if we got that half hour back.
0: <laughs> Good point. If dude. I would have made
1: my bed, we <laughs> would have got some shit done. Valid point. <laughs> so, yeah. Can you imagine yeah. the buck he would have killed if he would have made his bed? Oh, my yeah. God.
0: So, <laughs> so I started out bow hunting, and I told everyone that I was going to start bow hunting. Um, after these mule deer. And the guides looked at you, by the way, and they said, <laughs> they went. Mm. I felt a oh, little bit okay. of like, dang it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, oh. But I didn't understand why, though, because right. Right. Um, one area we're hunting, I feel is a good area. Um, I did kind of get the vibe once I started bow hunting that this area, is it's been fairly pressured. Like the, the deer know it's hunting season. you know, it's, They're aware of it, which makes it even tougher in the big country like this right. to get close with a bow. Um, but I gave it my, my effort, man, with the bow and I got real close. I drew back on one and had a doe bust me, which is on, on film. Brandon was with me filming. And, um, I think we, we dialed in a buck, um, that was a decent buck. Um, especially for a guy who's never killed a mule deer. I'm just like, it'd be cool to get, just get a mule deer, you right. know? Um, but basically we ended up fine tuning it. we found this pinch point on a mountain and, uh, Brandon came with, he, he, we'll get into the story, but he got freed up and he came in and filmed me, and I had this. I came in the night before, and I'm like, "Hey, I got this game plan. We think these deer are going to funnel right through, and they did. They did that. And it's they're so hairpin, wiry at the, like here at this point, especially with the bow, that it's it's nuts. So walk us, then walk us through that morning then too, because I, huh? you know, I, yeah, I did have a chance to look at that video, and
4: it was it was pretty cool. Uh, a, yeah. I think it's it's sweet that within a. Two oh, within, days, yeah. Within two days, you're able to, you know, find a handful of deer, do a quick pattern on them, and say, yeah. okay, hey, how can we get the best chance? Because I mean, bow is way different than rifle. With yeah. a rifle, you can shoot something from 500 yards away. With a bow, you, I mean, you've got to be within 50 right. for the most part, and so it's a completely different ball game. So, yeah. Uh, how did that all come together?
0: So uh, me and Gordy went up. Um, we actually saw a buck down feeding off just off this, uh, just off a of hayfield working up with this does and we realize they're going up this draw and i don't know this area so i'm warning this area as we're going through it so we go up around the correct wind side for the deer so they don't smell us and we run up the mountain and this deer is like two minutes ahead of us to where i'm like oh like just behind him can't get up to him he's with all his does they're doing their thing you can't catch up to a mule deer in this country like with a bow if he's on the other side of the ridge 500 yard he's gone yeah. With a rifle, it's, he's typically gone, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, honestly, they're crazy. So I, said, I was like, okay, let's do a little bit of scouting because they came up through this draw and took this ledge just above this rim rock. And we found out it was like the, the perfect pinch point. And so what we did was we said, okay, if the wind's going this way, we have this juniper tree that we'll dive in. Or it was a big cedar, I think, actually. We'll dive in on this tree. Over here, we'll cut up a bunch. There's nothing over on if the other. So, okay, I guess I should go back. There's a cattle trail that splits up the middle of this pinch. So we're going wind direction on each side of this cattle trail. So I found a good tree on the north end of the cattle trail. That was perfect. And if the wind was going the other way, we made a little brush blind behind another little cedar. And to preface that, like being
4: here for the last five or six days, the wind, I don't think, has ever been consistently in any. It has swirled the entire. Entire time, yep. which is hard enough for it, whether you're hunting rifle or yep. not. But when you're hunting bow and Dude. that wind is swirling, it is it is no joke. The it, wind puffer was in difficult. full tilt. Yeah. Like mine's wore out. I'm gonna have to you, get you, you, you puff. You puff the wind puffer, and it turns into a tornado. And you're like, oh, that's, yeah. That's interesting. interesting. You
1: remember when we were out there and Kurt literally goes, and it went straight up. <laughs> I'm not yeah. kidding you. It didn't go forward,
0: backwards, <laughs> left or
1: right. It literally went. And I'm Straight like, well, up.
0: there's worse things. So, <laughs> yes. so never seen that one before. I come into camp, maybe, a, maybe a little, I mean, confidence, is good right in hunting. Cause it, right. it, it makes you, so I come in, I'm like, I think we got an awesome game plan. This is going to be great. They're, I'm hoping they come back through this pinch and they come done feeding with that alfalfa field. We go in in the morning in the dark and wait them out like they're white tails. And Brandon's with me. He probably thinks I'm full shit and thinks I'm crazy and, Whatever, so we're we're behind this little homemade ground blind. He's got his his camera, and I'm with the bow, and I already feel kind of exposed. Like I don't know, you felt like it was good when you made it, but then you're setting up. You're like, ooh, there's some holes in this game a little bit, but that's what it is. So we're sitting there, and yeah, this is like day two or three. I'm, I'm I can't remember. It's all mixing together, and then we see way over on the other like mountain uh, across the drainage a huge herd of elk and i've only seen elk in the wild one time and brandon spots them dude there's a bunch of elk over there they work their way down i mean 70 yards from us yeah Yeah, i'm
1: like a kid in a candy store that's my jam it's the
0: first time i had an elk bugle within 70 yards the bull's like raking a tree it was crazy and elk are noisy animals man i could not believe it yeah and the whole time you're looking at me when they bugle, and I'm like, oh, my God, I've never even experienced anything. Like, not that close. I've heard hey, them bugle, but not that You can that hear them
1: walking 350 yeah. yards away. And this this isn't, like, yeah. hardwood leaves, no. like, crunchy leaves. Yeah. This they're is up in the rock, wide open, like, grass and yeah. rocks. And, and they're just.
0: They're like, just dum, 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 dum. It, it's crazy how loud they are. Mm-hmm. They're that big of an animal. I feel like there's just a confidence that comes with their movement. But, when
1: you are hunting them and you're close and they want to disappear, never
0: make a sound. That's yep. crazy. In Cognito. It's it's funny because See. I've never experienced an elk encounter that close. So hearing them like, because I heard them off way off, and I thought something was close because right. I could hear. It, I'm like, something. Oh no, there's elk up there. You can hear them just like knocking rocks off the mountain and clip mm. clop clip clop, clop like moving through yep. bugling. Great. Lucas yeah. has never seen him that close either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we just hate each other on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> so what's funny about this, getting back to the story, what's funny about this is it's cold. It's the coldest morning. I'd say probably the whole trip, right? So right. So far? Yeah. And we're kind of – we're sitting on – we don't have chairs. We're sitting on our knee, we're on our knees, sitting on our feet, which makes things worse yeah. a little bit. And, then, and we're, we're talking it's upper 30s, low 40s, in, in yeah, that sort of – But up on like a mountain with the wind yep, and stuff. Yeah, the wind comes sickling through. So yeah. what's funny is the elk are being loud, doing their thing, and we're kind of like watching them. I'm oon and on. And then all of a sudden, Brandon's like – because he's over off the side a little bit. So he can see past the trail. He's like, oh, there's a deer. They're up on the same mountain, but – 100 yards below, lower than the elk, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know how deer, act, mule deer especially, act to elk. Like, Are the elk going to push them out back down the mountain, or what's going to happen? They're basically bros. Yeah. Yeah, they were bros. And so the elk moved and through. sisters.
1: There were a couple sisters in there.
0: The elk moved through, and I'm like, okay, well, the deer are going to be right behind them, and they were, and right away, head mama is up front, and she's just not... She, I think she's caught me peeking to see because I wanted to be ready in, in order to draw. And right away, I'm like, <sighs> Mama sees us. It's not good. But she came in anyway. You know, we kind of tucked behind. Yeah. She, mama comes in all proud. She comes in like 30 yards ahead of the rest of them. And I'm just like, not good, not good. She kind of gets behind us, and then the buck rolls in. He was yep. a good three-point um, I'm wearing a six pointer for everybody in Illinois. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm learning the terminology. Three point comes in and I'm like, Hey, for, and I know I realized real quick how hard this is. Yep. Especially in this type of hill country. Cause your first couple of days, you had some near misses, but you, it's like, you, you realize that you, yep. it, it ain't, it ain't easy to get close. Nope. And these deer, there's probably head mom was way ahead. Now she's like kind of behind us. And on the cattle trail, there's the three point I was going to shoot another little buck and. Um, uh, how, how many does you think? Eight, eight does, six does.
1: Yeah, there was like six to eight does and two bucks.
0: Yeah, and and they're feeding like normal, and I'm like other than the head one. mama. So mm-hmm. I draw back as soon as I ro- my cams roll over and I'm full draw. <laughs> mama doe behind us blows those deer. Snap of a finger. The fastest I've ever seen you yeah. react. The exact and same all the time. Of that. We'll,
4: we looked at that footage, yeah. too. We have it in slow motion. In it's
0: slow motion. I, it, I've never
4: seen as many animals react at the same time as much as that. And yeah. it was, they
0: gone. It was so. the craziest, fastest reaction I've ever seen. And it wasn't even like a major spook. It's not like I coughed. It's not, like, it was, and when I drew my boat, I felt like it was pretty fluid. Like, I was real slow and drew back, and all the deer that were in front of us that should have seen us didn't see us. Right. And I'm like, right when I get to where I'm getting ready to anchor, they're gone. They're up there. Yeah,
1: Yeah, they never made a move. The problem was is that 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 lead doe had circled all the way back around us, and I'm looking out of the corner of my eye, and, uh, like, there's nothing you could have done. Yeah.
3: was, they were there. Besides me. They were in, in, the in the shooting
1: morning. lane. <laughs> yeah, I
0: could have done that. That would have made the difference.
1: <laughs> Shoot, yeah, that doe probably would have just but laid men- down.
0: <laughs> mentally, in my head, I was trying to like think of like what could I have done right. differently. Nothing. And Brandon's like, dude, there's nothing. nothing we could have right. done.
1: Literally, uh, yeah. Uh, the There was no element in that situation that you could have controlled yeah. to do differently. Right. Like, we set up in the right place for the right wind, built a blind the night
4: before. Yeah. And that's and there's like, of you know, like, people always go blah 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 blah, it's hunting not killing and but and like, and that's and that's a stereotype but that's true what it I mean is. at the same time you can make all the right decisions yeah. and it just doesn't work like, out right.
1: Yeah literally like if she would have just been with the pack and not I would have killed 30 yards ahead of the rest of the group Yeah or if the buck <laughs> would have came through first like there's so many different scenarios that could have went differently And you would have killed one with a bow. What was really cool, though, But it happened to be that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And
4: and then just replaying the whole thing, though. And and again, you'd been here for like a day and a half, and you'd found a couple of places where there was opportunity. You had a perfect setup for that opportunity. You had a plan A and a plan B, knowing that the wind was swirling. You set up strong for your plan A, and you were able to get drawn back on a buck at 30 yards or 40 yards, whatever it was, after being here for two days you so close. Which yeah. is super, that, that's, that's which is a super lot, cool. That's a so, lot of successes. Yeah. it's a lot of successes in a short amount of time. Yeah. Which yeah. is super cool. So
1: like, what I want to know is because I'm like, I grew up out West in Idaho and like, I've never sat in a tree stand yeah. to hunt whitetail. How much similarity is there also to that, that situation? Right. Yeah. Like, like I was super impressed. Like just, you know, I kind of sit back and, yeah. Not say a lot, but listen to, like, the things that you're saying and explaining, like, about, okay, here's where they're feeding, here's where they're bedding, the, this is the pinch point. Right. Dude, you've only hunted a day and a half, you've never seen this land in your life, but in that amount of time, you had broke it down to where these deer were traveling. Yeah. It's very and you were able to right? put a, yeah, you were able to put a plan together, mm-hmm. and at that point, it, like, it didn't work out in that moment, but that... That's the start of it. That that wasn't on you that was just the fact that there just happened to be one doe that was yeah
4: and if you extrapolate that thinking over the course of an actual full season well and in an oregon too they yeah they don't love to give you a full season they give you like seven days because they're like oh good luck which makes but, you um, figure stuff out faster yeah. or, you know but if you can ex- if you can extrapolate that over a full season yeah your chances of success are going to be greater yeah, just yeah. a lot of thinking like going involved
1: the just the
4: core understanding of
1: Deer movements. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the difference is, um, like, in, like kind of where you're going with like, yeah, the like tree stand the, hunting.
1: Yeah, and there's differences between white tail and mule deer. No yeah, doubt. But, definitely, definitely. But just and I don't that, even know that all understanding the understanding of like the necessities of
0: yeah. An I think, animal. I think what makes you like with bow hunting, what it made me do initially, and like kind of like what my core is of like hunt. Like no, my understanding of bow hunting is you can't just like walk through a ridge and find one you have to almost like spot them and then understand how they move. And and that's like the, for the most part, like being super general, that's like kind of how tree stand hunting is, you know, like, cause I know you're going to hunt in Ohio and get in a tree stand for the first time. And, Lucas, you said you've never been in a tree I'm, stand because you I've live killed, out west. Yeah, and I've killed multiple whitetail. Just,
4: it's just never been from a tree stand. It's just it's,
0: different circumstance, right? different area, which I think is so interesting and super mm-hmm. cool because most of the working class listeners who are listening on our end of this show, they're all almost all tree stand hunters. Or I bet you 99.9% of them have been in a tree stand. And if you haven't, shout out to you, man. Try, hopefully you get to try it one time and, and have an awesome, awesome experience. But you almost have to kind of play miss Cleo and predict the future a little on like what they're going to do. Cause you're almost like in an ambush situation right. or you're trying to predict movement, which makes you really like evaluate, like evaluate what's going to happen. And a lot of it is guess and check. And I, I think a lot of guys fail to admit that they're like, I don't really know. I'm going to go sit here. We'll see if they come through, but that's when you learn the most. So then comparatively though. So you
4: have, you have, let's say five days here. Mm-hmm. Um, how long does it then take you to guess and check back on your home ground versus when you're in a, what what I would
0: assume is a much more condensed timeline here? I think the big difference is the terrain because here it's wide open country and there's so, there's so much for those deer to go to and hide in. Like a mule deer will hide up on Rimrock or up on the huge cliff face in a, in like a a cutout in the cliff, or or in a bunch of juniper trees. It's just they have the same
4: destination, but there's five different finger draws yeah. that get them to that same yeah. destination. Yeah, like the same. From prin- one they have the
1: same principle. Yeah, right. You know, like, We're in uh, Illinois. It's kind of like
0: they're bedding their food and like their. I guess I guess what you would call their like uh, their safe space cover, like where they go. There's like bad storms or something, you know, high wind. Where they go to a deep ravine. All that's like fairly condensed. But that's also what makes them slippier in trying to figure them out because even though it's all so close, you feel like, why am I not seeing these deer? But they still get past you. But I just feel like you have a smaller area, which can also be way more frustrating because you're like, why am I not seeing deer? And here it's kind of like, I can see why I'm not seeing deer because there's so much ground. Right. So it's different. It's just so different. I, I don't really know. There's just, there's so much difference. I think you just have to, for all of my Midwest hunters, you'd have to just come experience it. It's insane. So yeah. you so you're here for <clears throat> you were here
4: for uh, let's just say a day and a half maybe it was 2 days. Yeah. And you set up the, the great pinch point. Uh, yeah. It all actually came together very very well. Yeah. You're at full draw. You're probably 5 seconds away from from tagging out with a bow in Oregon yeah. on a mule deer
0: for your first time. Which I will add when then, I got to Oregon everyone was like good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they know what time yeah, of year it is. Right. It's a different time yep. of year than and, early season, yep. you know, and that doe goes, mm,
4: mm, nope, not today. Yeah, <laughs> and then everything busts out. So then, so
0: what? What was your next steps after that? Trying to find one bedded, really, after that, and we just didn't. We we saw some okay deer, but my, like my ideal situation was like, hopefully, we can find one bedded on a ledge, and I can right. sneak around with the. We just never did, and we covered some ground. I think I did close to fifty miles on this trip, and for me, that is insane. Especially with these hills, like we were talking before this podcast, like I wish when your phone calculated or on it – well, onyx, my, I don't know how that works, but I wish it calculated like the grade Elevation, that you walked on and calculated us, yeah. it like a rangefinder, give you like real miles tra- or effort miles traveled. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we were calling them, um, but I think you did that yeah. same too this trip. You probably did almost fifty miles too, mid forties, right? In, and or, I d- and I didn't walk on a single piece of flat land. Like There's I, not I, flat land here. No, I was going up or down the entire time. Yeah, you yeah. Know,
1: I, I feel like 50 miles is like halfway across the state of Illinois.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, a long ways, no, probably across. Yeah, I probably walked two hours from my home.
1: Yeah, not north-south, but I'm talking left, <laughs> west. Yeah. like east-west. I'm, I'm in
0: Indiana at this point, just likes trucking along probably. Hey, here's a question I had. How
1: – so –
0: I don't want to I, make this I, podcast just about me. I want to get on no, 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 the No, but you're the first third. We're building up. But building like you up. haven't
1: – Yeah. I mean, do we have a timeline? No, no. the podcast is young. It's going to be 18 hours okay. long. So <laughs> it's a marathon. Welcome. <laughs> I'm actually – I'm feeling more alive the more we talk. So it's good. This is your first time hunting mule deer, right? Ever. Okay. So how different was it to see a mule deer spook and then run like – fifty or sixty yards and then stop and turn broadside and look at you.
0: That to me is weird. So I have buddies that like my South Dakota South Dakota buddies uh from Buckstorm. They told me like, hey, you're going out there, like, you'll notice that mule deer when they spook, they're not as edgy as Whitetail. Um I felt like these deer were a little different and and maybe my analysis is wrong, but I feel like they've been pressured a little bit. Like there's been there's rifle hunters here. There's right. there's people out here walking around and doing that. So I feel like they were a little spookier than what I thought. But yeah, mule deer will run and then stop and look when whitetails are just like, nope, I'm, I'm gone. And they yeah. will just put their heads down and go. Yeah, they're just like I'm yeah. getting out of here as far away as possible. Or mule deer just like well hold on, I wonder what that is. And they stop and look. And I yeah. will tell you too, that I actually only had that happen one
4: time for me and during this hunt where they actually stopped and looked. Which says a but, lot about maybe their pressure. Yep. Know. All the other ones were like mm. but it also too, we we were in some patchy temper too. They might have they might have stopped just out of view. Mm-hmm. But it it wasn't at for me personally, it wasn't as noticeable. I also saw a lot less deer than all you guys. Yeah, I like, think a lot less. <laughs> Do you think if they stopped you at that time, to take your safety off? Maybe
0: okay. we'll get into that later. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think they're just different. There's a lot that I feel that I know about whitetails, and sometimes when you feel you know stuff about whitetails, I go and prove you're wrong, with it, like them a minute later. But they're just different. That I like, they I was just different. talking 100%. to people in camp, like, well. Like when I drew back on that buck and that doe busted, I was talking to some of the guys in camp, and I'm like, "Do you think they'll be there tomorrow?" Because on a whitetail, I probably wouldn't think about going back there, but I'm contemplating going back there, which we did, and they didn't. They went. I think they went a different direction. Well, it um, seemed like a lot of them batted just. Well, the wind was different, so that pinch didn't work for them. Yeah. Um, which sometimes you don't even know that till you get up on the mountain because the wind right. on top of the mountain is different from what it's doing in the flats. Yeah. So and it and it. it
4: Wind was a bugger this last week. It was. The, I, I've actually I've never had so much difficulty with wind. Like it's usually semi-predictable. This yeah. last week, I, I threw my hands up and I said, "You know what? I made my bed this morning. I cannot <laughs> tell the wind. There's nothing I can do. Even I, I will make everybody's bed in camp. This wind still was just like, <laughs> oh, I hate
0: you. <laughs> and I was like, All right, that's fair. Well, well, the thing that was weird about the wind here, even if it's strong. It's still messed up. Normally, you're like, <laughs> I want a good wind because it stays like fairly consistent. Right. But when we were today, when we we're on top of the mountain, like the wind was good, then we get up there and I'm like, it's like the somebody shut the wind off for like a three minute span, and then it fires up, and then it feels you can't ever really tell where it's coming from. Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. But so, uh,
4: should we tr- should we talk about a transition now? We, we're not going to finish Kurt's storyline. We're going to we, we're
0: yeah, going to we'll, lead people into suspense? No, no,
1: that's what I mean. Like, should we should we go into his transition?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, well, but yeah, but it, but it's kind of it's kind of has the gap for your guys' stories to come back into tuition here.
4: Okay, so then why don't we why don't we we we're going to press pause and years transition? You had the first couple of days, a lot of success, but mostly failure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, meanwhile, well, let, me dun, say, dun, dun, dun. let let's tease this let's, a little bit. And Maybe I'm giving too much away. Maybe I should shut up. But what I was going to get to is like the um, the roots that were planted to my transition before I made my transition. I'm trying. To do Everyone plans. telling you you were an idiot for trying to kill him with a bow? Yes. <laughs> but I believed in, in you. In the big country. You, we all, be- we all believed in you. You didn't one day, but then you did the next day when I had a plan. Yeah, well, because plans are great.
1: You had phenomenal <laughs> skills. You made your bet that morning. <laughs> the, the problem was is that you were trying to kill a mule deer with a bow in literally the en- toughest time to try to kill a mule
0: deer. Yeah. In Oregon. So yeah. Late September
4: yeah. through the middle of October, again, is
0: not great. Even, not Even Archive Even season. some of it's the dudes in season. camp that were like bad, what I consider bad mofo's, were like, "Ooh!" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, this ain't looking good for the home team, boys." Kurt's like, "Yep, I'm gonna try to kill one with a bow during rifle season."
4: <laughs> so, <clears throat> first mistake. So we're paused on Kurt. Then is that, that we've decided? Yeah, so Kurt's he's had a couple of great days. Yeah. Um, and but just not didn't quite connect. And meanwhile, Brandon. Oh, we're going to me. Yeah, you're coming in hot. Yeah, because you were the next like, guy online. Yeah. And so and so I mean Because uh, I'm first hit or quitter. Uh, Apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mr. So,
0: professional Fisherman uh, out here just so,
4: Yeah. So first off and foremost, if we have not um if you didn't listen to The Working Class the working Podcast class <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, yeah, you go back and listen. Let, that one. we we haven't really actually the Working we, Class Bow Hunter Podcast for you guys listening on the loophole to end. Correct. And we just haven't really officially introduced Brandon, so why don't you just give us a quick uh, hey, I'm Brandon. Give us the Wikipedia version of who you are. Yeah, and but not the one that people can go in and edit to make you sound like wickedly weird, but like more like the actual one that was like crowdsourced checked. Okay. Yeah, I can do it. And then I'll and then I'll add some Cor- commentary on like I'll just make some stuff up for not you. Typical, too. like Wikipedia. So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I can basically ignore what I just said.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, Brandon Paulnick. Grew up out here in the West, Northern Idaho couple hours south of the Canadian border, so grew up hunting, fishing out here, uh, and actually turned my passion of fishing tournaments into a living. So now I fish professionally, have done that the last nine years, haven't had to work a normal job. I'm proud of that, because I've never wanted to work a nine-to-five. So, What um, about an eight-to-four? Yeah. No, I'm not into any of that. <laughs> oh, I got four tens. I, I, right right I really like to uh, <laughs> be my own boss and be in charge of my schedule. Even though I don't technically get to say where I get to go fish every week, that's inspiring. It's still, though, uh, you're fishing. Yeah, I mean, at eight years old, I said, "I hey, want to add something." in. Do. And I don't know if Something's I did
0: this on the other show we did. Yeah, I found it inspiring and very uh, refreshing when I talked to you. And, I, and you, there's a river down here. You're like, man, I want to fish that. And I was like, hold on. Do you still find fishing enjoyable like on your own time? And you're like, oh, I love it. I can't get enough. And mm. that alone right there says a lot about how you deserve to be in the space you're in. Yeah. I mean, that, for, like I truly love the
1: outdoors. And mm. it's not.
0: For a guy like, that fishes for his living and you still enjoy fishing outside of fishing for a living, says a lot about the kind of like person it, you are. Right? It's
1: literally, it's like, it's in my Nerves. It's in my blood. It's that's in awesome, my man. soul. Like, and the the cool thing is, like, we're right here, close to the John Day River, mm-hmm. and that's a river that I've read about a lot. Oh, really? In like Bassmaster magazines and articles online and different things. And so, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, I'm here to kill mule deer, but I've read a lot about that river and I know it's got smallmouth in it, and I
0: kind of want to. Let me it. ask you this before we get into your story. Would you rather fish that river or or hunt a mule deer? Nah, this week I'd probably rather hunted a mule deer. That's fair.
1: Yeah, I get that. I've been fishing nine months already this year, so. I get that. I was ready to hunt. I got some weird
4: information on that river too, though. Uh,
1: No information allowed. Oh,
4: I'm just kidding. Uh, I love to hear information. It. What do you got? So it was actually full of of salmon for a really long time, <clears throat> and then they actually introduced smallmouth to that river because they were like, "Hey, we, this is a it's a cool species, and it's going to totally work out for us in the long run." Yeah. Uh, anybody can fact check me on this one because I I obviously just heard it from someone who sounded like they knew what they were talking about. <laughs> so this could. I'm regurgitating. That's my favorite type yeah. of information. I am regurgitating information. Um but so it was that oh, you get a bunch of angry
1: yeah. comments. Right? Yeah. Like,
4: so this is wrong. So if I am lying to you, I apologize. I'm regurgitating things that I have heard. But I did not read it on the internet because not Wikipedia. Yeah, or Wikipedia. So um full of salmon, and then they're like, Hey, smallmouth are great fish too introduced smallmouth, then they just murdered all the salmon, and so now there's like very no, The small I'm sorry, they munched on them a lot. No, we shouldn't. Talk. That's wrong. Is that just, bad? It's against well, fish politics.
0: What oh. you doing?
1: No,
4: that, there's a big issue right now
1: in the northwest. Oh, with, there is. Yeah, like Washington, they just took all the limits off smallmouth.
4: Oh, so that's what they did here. Like
1: we can go down another really dark, deep rabbit hole. Well, mouth. let's not. But do yeah, all they, the t- way t- down. they took all the, the limits off the smallmouth because they think they're killing the salmon. Small. Yeah,
4: that's what they're doing but, here
1: too. You know, there's a lot of really good. Economic money that comes in from bass fishing tournaments, so you in a river to, though, yeah river well, John Days probably, but we're
4: mm, we're in like the like, so so one one thing that's really
1: interesting yeah. in the northwest is like native versus invasive species right, mm-hmm. and and that's really around the entire everywhere country. yeah, yeah, but it's really hardcore in the northwest because gotcha. salmon species trout species are more fragile. Right species, very sensitive. Um, then, is then a bass more like hardy? Bass I don't know anything yeah, about fish. Yeah, hundred percent. Like okay. very aggressive like, too. You can yeah. grab, you can grab a trout, <laughs> and I love trout fishing. I grew up around it, but you can grab a trout, and they might die because like, your they're, hand oils or something. They're just a more fragile fish. Like they're like they're, they're not like sheep hardy
4: bighorn, but there they like a
1: small mouth is like you can grab them, whatever like you handle them, they're fine. They just swim off, mm-hmm. um, and. And and so there's, like, this big battle, but somewhere there's a fine line. Battle of people
0: and the debate of it? Yeah,
1: just
4: between, like... So I, I immediately regret two, two different. Yeah, goods, I but, immediately regret opening up a door to something that is potentially.
0: Hey, if you like, made your bet a little it's better, it's very controversial. <laughs> yeah, it's I, very controversial
1: like, because there's no limits on smallmouth. It's already no. hindered. And there's the, not and there's know. not here either.
4: They're like, hey, yeah. just catch what you can catch. I did not realize yeah, that. That's interesting. I, like, thought, I it, thought in my head when I heard the when I heard the conversation, I was like, oh, that's an interesting. Like, hey, we thought we were doing something good. Now we did something bad. Now we're going to correct it by something that's not necessarily good. But you know what? Hi. Do not want to... Go down that rabbit. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of conversation <laughs> there between, like, so we're back to hatcheries, you. Yeah. natural, blah blah. Yeah, blah. Yeah. So, from a fish guy, so. um, I retract my previous statement. If I was a judge in a courtroom, I would say, jury, please do not use that as actual testimony. You're just, you're just stricken from They're, the Sean Connery. that. Yeah. And so, back to you would rather mule deer hunt instead I would. of fish. I would. I,
0: I was complimenting him on how he still enjoys fishing. It
4: is a really pretty river, though, by
1: the way. Yeah, it's beautiful. I want to swim in it. I am passionate about both. And the cool thing with the John Day is it does not look like a bass river. Right. That's what intrigues me the most. It looks like a straight up trout fishing. Well, and that's a distributory. Yeah, that's a fork of of, the main John Day. Not a spoon, though.
3: Mm,
1: though. No. Not a a spoon, not a fork. Well, it is a fork. fork. It's not a spoon or a spork. It's a fork. There we go. Up the river. Okay. And, uh, but, but I would, I would prefer to, to hunt. Um, right now. Right now. Now, the best time. I'm going to say that I
4: wouldn't like to do both, but. So there are, there are units in Oregon where, um, they're not super accessible. And so a lot of folks will actually, uh, rent, drift boats, roll down the John Day mm-hmm. to hunt on the bank. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Sounds pretty rad.
0: So, so you can fish cool. like on your way to hunt. There we yeah.
2: go. Yeah.
4: So look that one up. Mm. I, cool.
2: Again, sounds like
4: sounds like the next loophole to hunt when yeah. you had to go
0: on. And In all fairness. Set that up. I, I might have made that up too. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: you, you should investigate that more. Set that up.
0: Yeah, because I'd like to learn how to fish, and uh, I don't know if I'll get invited back, but hey. If you like being... <laughs> we can up. do that. Get on that stair stepper. <laughs> dude. Uh, dude. Mm. You, yeah, kid. I'm going to get a... Um, he said it He said it earlier. The Peloton bike. Bad. Have you seen those? Yeah, I rode one the other day.
4: Are they awesome? Uh, they're like a, a normal bike. They just tell you when to go faster or slower.
0: But <laughs> well, I thought you'd do like classes and stuff. <laughs>
4: yeah. They tell you when to go faster or slower. Oh, I see what you do. Add a little extra pressure. Yeah. I think sprint. that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I sweat a lot. <laughs> well, no. We, 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 we had... Uh, Talked about this earlier. Is as much as I would like to be a turtleneck, I'm a sweater. <laughs> no, I'm a sweater. Can't help it. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh>. No, <laughs> it's a cardigan. But thank you for noticing. Yes. So back to Brandon. <clears throat> so you wanted to come so, here. You wanted to hunt.
1: So I, I think the biggest thing for me is like I I spend a large amount of my life fishing tournaments, whatever it may be. Yeah, and I absolutely love it. But there's also a a part of hunting. That, that, like that adventure and the, yeah. that getting away part that I feel like is good for your soul. For sure. Yeah. Like it, it, it takes you back and it allows you, or for me personally, it allows me to reflect on a lot of things yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't take that for granted. Like, I really love those moments. Um, and, and it's all aspects of it. It's, it's not the just, Pulling the trigger part, or right, yeah. the release of the bow—it's all aspects of it. It's know? like the it's, adventure. It's, of yes, it. the yeah. preparation is the adventure. It's the pack out. It's it's the camaraderie amongst your buddies. Because
0: like, I, I will say too, here to like to add into what you're saying is, yeah. and we we have not met before this trip. If, if people listening don't realize this, like we met on this hunting camp trip, and I, I knew you were a professional fisherman but i didn't know what, what your hunting background was and the first time we hunted together was when those deer came in when i drew my bow back like yeah. and we were that close and right away i could tell like this guy knows how to hunt because it if you didn't know how to hunt those deer wouldn't have got that close yeah. it just takes you i could read it on you how you were saying i think maybe before the show like you can tell when you're with someone whether or not they've done it before or have experience with yeah. it. And I could tell with you you like you have spent a lot of time in the woods. And yeah, that's they, why like I did. I felt a lot of times with both of you guys, I like, hey, what do you think? And that's like kind of a cool thing to do like bounce stuff off of people you trust in camp. Right. And you can get that read on people like almost instantaneously if you know how to hunt. So I just want to add that. Three best friends that anyone could
1: ever have. (laughs) Three
0: best friends that anyone could
1: ever have. And we'll never, ever, ever, ever leave each other. (laughs) (laughs) What was that from? Step Brothers
4: Oh and you Remember every, that every, movie That yes. you
1: don't really know Any of the quotes about That everybody you watched one time but Step just, Brothers was a classic
4: You need to watch again So the issue is I quote three <laughs> amigos And everybody else quotes Step Brothers And I'm like It's oh, your age um, Yes Because they were like 25 oh, years apart
0: 86
1: 80 Yeah 86 <laughs> They're slightly <laughs>
0: Spread apart So um, anywho I just had to give you That credit While you were explaining that Because For the people who are like He just catches fish Yeah he also I, catches deer. I do, and I, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> he catches deer. I, I don't get...
1: I don't get a hunt nearly as much as I would love to. Yeah. right. Like, I would love to do six months. Fishing, six months, hunting. Like, that's mm-hmm. the perfect world. Right. But that's just not the way... Like, you have to make sacrifices to do the things that you love. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I take advantage of being able to go on hunts like this with loophole and being able to just, like meet new people yeah. have these new experiences because that's what it's about for me like you you really and I, I think it's like the older i get and i'm not old i mean i'm 31 years old but, but the more mature you i mean get. i'm like way younger than lucas S- but it's like mature <laughs> but yeah like the more I, you, d- you, d- you <laughs> Lucas man. you you I'm understand old. those things <laughs> you you get to like I don't know. There's like there's different things that become more important in your yeah, life as you right. get older. For so, sure. Yep. Um, and I, I don't take those things for granted. And I think I appreciate them a lot more as yeah. I get older. Yeah, like One of those uh, is being the rich chocolatey taste of Ovaltine. We've been <laughs> at <laughs> Ovaltine the entire trip. I haven't even seen it in the I heard it's cabin. good for your
0: bones. I don't know. <laughs> Only if you mix it with 2% milk or whole milk. Whole milk, yes. Whole milk. Okay, so... We're gonna talk about. I don't even know where this is going. Where, are hunt? we talking about like me? Yeah, we're yeah, getting to man, we're you're, you're me killing the first yeah, one. We had it. to talk you up too, cause, yeah,
1: because Brandon
0: yes okay. killed
4: the first buck in
1: camp. Yep, but I'm gonna Straight go ahead up. and I'm gonna go ahead and start off with my complete screw up. Well, yeah, this one's hunting. fun, man. This one's fun because because that'll set up to make um, the trip. Well, I just feel like it'll set up to make Lucas look like not
4: such a – My screw-up? Yeah, it'll make your screw-up look like not as bad. Well, here's the thing. I I would say that – so, oh, suspense. We'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, I would say that it's interesting. Most people like to hide and shield. Most people want to be perfect. And that's not, um, that's not how it are, works. We so. no. are not. No. Well, and, and it's like you watch a lot of shows. It's uh, kill shot, success, kill shot, success, yep. kill shot, success. And people always tell you stories of the perfect, the perfect, the perfect, the perfect. However, I mean, I'm going to make up a percentage. 90% of people are not perfect. So no. Not, and it's probably closer to a hundred percent of people, yeah. especially <laughs> in hunting. I no, one's perfect say, perfect you're a little not. low on your right. percentage. But. And no matter how trained and, 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 Polished. Polished you are in a lot of things. Like their circumstances change every single time. It and it is it's really funny because you can have a a series of events that are unfortunate and it doesn't work out. Yep. And then you can have a series of events where you put it all together and it is perfect. And then you can follow that up the next, you know, the next season with, some, you know, you're got, you the can't best not win. Plans. You just can't win. It's just, it is what it is. And I think that that's why they say, you know, that's why it's hunting, and not killing is that you're, there's always some sort of circumstance mm-hmm. that plays into the equation mm-hmm. and we get, we can easily get hung up on what perfection is what you might see on TV, what you might see on YouTube, what you might see on on Instagram where, I mean, during during hunting season, especially Instagram, you're you're going to see, you're going to see like big buck, big elk, big, like look at my success. Look at my success here. All the successes. And you never see the screw ups. And, and it's not that they're even necessarily screw ups. It's, that is their learning experience. Well, exactly. No, but, but it's circumstantial, it's circumstantial situations that yeah. it's like, well, yeah, you could have done something differently and it, it would have affected the outcome. percent, mm-hmm. sure And you move on. So <clears throat> that's yeah. the setup. We're going to get into that. Yeah. But we're going to start with your learning experience. Yeah. And,
1: and, <clears throat> and I want to, I want to draw one similarity here before I go into that situation, situational screw up. um, <clears throat> but but between fishing and hunting and why I think I'm drawn to both of them mm-hmm. because every single day is not the same yeah yeah I, I'm a I'm the kind of person that does not do well with like day in and day out monotonous the exact same monotonous thing just yeah I yeah. I, I can't do that like I can't go into work and be like, oh, this is what I got to do today. I'm going to do it and I'm done. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Right. Yeah. But I I cannot do that I've, in my head. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't, I can do it. I can't do it and be happy. Uh,
0: and and that's I feel a big that I'm in my day job, I'm You're doing so that. Fun. So I,
1: I can yes. relate. So I, I think one thing that is very cool with both hunting and fishing is that. And I hate to say competing, but in a way, like you're competing against another living creature that does not live by the same standards that we do. Yeah. Right? So as humans, our entire life is built off of a 24-hour time clock or a 12-month calendar. Mm -hmm. And we have a very set schedule of – I got to be here at this time and do yep. this and blah 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 blah. Deer don't care. Yeah, they don't have a clock, right? Fish don't care. They they live based off of sunrise, sunset.
4: It's an instinctual time of year.
1: hundred yeah. percent instinctual, yeah. and that's how they base their year. Every single year is not the same. It depends on what Mother Nature throws them. They adjust, they adapt their life, mm-hmm. and that's how they live. Yep. Perfect example. Your deer hunt set up
2: mm-hmm. when you're
1: bow hunting that we set up set it up perfect day one we set it up they come in i mean nearly to the minute on time yeah actually when you, like when you exactly thought, yeah when you thought they were gonna come in it was like hey i think they'll show up here at seven forty-five and seven forty-seven. here they come mm-hmm. bloop, bloop, bloop. day two show up wind changed they don't come that way. Yeah, they bed down in the bottom, and so that that's a very big difference. But I think trying to adapt and understand the way that they live is what really
4: intrigues me. and, yeah, and what sure. cha- and what changes their instinctual situations yeah. too. I mean, if you think about today, like um, we y- y- you always have a plan, but all the weather that moved in, it moved in. Four or five hours quicker than it was supposed to. We yeah, we get some and really harder than we thought, yeah, and we get some really heavy rainfall, and that completely changes how the deer. Oh go. man, it bummed us all out. And all of a sudden, you're just like, boom, and he's like, "Well, shoot, now you know what?" Yeah. So, all right, so take a step back. Take a step back. Yeah. Day one. <laughs>
1: day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But literally, day one. Day one. So we our, show up, <coughs> make sure our guns are zero, bows are zero. If you're Kurt, um. And and then, so day one of the hunt, like, okay, we're God
0: says, hey, we're going to go close By the to way, the, the most exciting time because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, right? you
1: you have no idea. And, and they're showing you pictures of, like, giant bucks. I'm telling right? you stories. Like they're, stories. They're, 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 they're looking at mounts. So looking there's a mounts. 210, 220-inch mule deer running around. <laughs> there, There's, like, I don't know how many 200-inch mule deer mounted inside this million. cabin. A bunch, le- well, yeah, all kinds of stuff mounted in here. Yep, and and so, instantly got- you have really high expectations. Very high right? expectations. Like, yeah, we all have really high expectations. But I
0: feel like higher <clears throat> than realistic
1: at first. Well, yeah, I mean, true, but but you're seeing like, I mean, how many years? of success have gone on that have acquired these maps We're seeing 30 right? and, years and, of, but, but well, like human nature like is in. You're like, Oh, yep. I'm going to kill one of those. They're everywhere. <laughs> They're just running yeah.
0: around, which our it's better like, judgment s- should tell us that it's not the case, but yeah, but
1: you just automatically think that. Right. And, and so day one, like, let's go check this field. Spun a bunch of deer in here. We go check it. No, no deer. Guess what's there? Whole herd of elk. Push the deer out. I'm really not even upset because there's a big giant bull screaming his head off, fog rising up. I'm just enjoying the morning. Like Elk are my favorite thing to hunt in the entire world. So if I can wake up every single morning and hear an elk bugle and watch them move across the field, I'll die a happy man. Mm-hmm. Perfectly okay with me. Guess what happens 30 minutes later? Like, oh, let's go to grandma's house. <laughs> literally like <laughs> right grandma, here. Grandma's property. Okay? Yeah. It's not far away, nine
4: thousand acres over here. And and, and to be fair to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> to
0: be fair. So, uh, um, <laughs> it is the it singing is, part. You should just start with that and end on just that singing part. So it <laughs> Next and, time. So it is.
4: There's grandma's house. It's, it's at the corner of a big property. It's a bluff. Um, there's there's the house. There's you know a field, but then there's a big bluff. There's a big you, can, you downplayed dance, it a little. Like, yeah, you when you say grandma's house, it's like oh, it's grandma's house and she has a yard. Yeah, I mean, and it's nine thousand ac- apple tree. It's but, nine thousand acres yeah, of like this giant right. bluff rock wall. Now everybody calls mountain. it Gran- mm-hmm. Grandma's house, yeah, but they just call Grandma. But it's a it's a it's a chunk of land that just so happens to be in this area.
1: Yeah, yeah. and Grandma's house is on like the very like closest corner, right. and then there's nine thousand acres. Which, past
4: but it. at the same time, just even saying, let's go to Grandma's house. You're like. Uh, just like some, next, like, yeah, it's door. like I'm hunting Little Red Riding Hood. Are we gonna get some apple pie? <laughs> right. What's Grandma got? <laughs> so, anyway, so, make yeah. over so, there.
1: so we go down the road. Right. The, like this is 30 minutes into my hunt, the, the first hunt that I've been on in Oregon, chasing mm-hmm. mule deer. And we're driving down the road, and I look over to my right, and lo and behold, there's a buck. Bed it down right next to a tree. Right next to Juniper. I'm like, hey, we should stop and look at that mule deer. (laughs) So we pull over. We stop. This
0: is the first deer you've seen in the whole trip. Yeah.
1: Yeah, first deer I've seen. Pull up the binos. I'm like, "Ah," you know, we're kind of trying to judge him. He's a good, like, solid three by four. But we're 30 minutes in. Right. Just looked at a bunch of pictures of big ones. We're staying in a lodge with tons of giant mule deer mounts. I'm like, "Eh, I don't think I want to shoot this one right away in the first three minutes. I'm going to hold out. Uh, We're we're on a six day hunt. Yeah. So I've got time. Uh, You know, let's keep looking around. But he's like, you know, there may be a few more. Let's go look. Let's get a closer look. So we slide up there and um, right as we're kind of getting close to get a good look. The buck that I originally spotted, he just hops up and kind of walks off. So we didn't get a good look at him. We we slide a little bit closer to look, and as we come around the tree, deer pops up and is standing there broadside. And and in my mind, I'm like really confused because I'm looking at it, thinking that's a lot bigger than the buck I was just looking at. <laughs> like a lot bigger than the buck i was just looking at and instantly he grew another tine he went from a three by four to a four
4: by four in about 27 steps how'd he do that and
1: then grass must be
4: really healthy and and for the (laughs) lift listeners we're talking about probably a 170 ish class buck is what the estimate is what i'm looking
1: at the second time yeah Yeah, 170 175 ish like heavy, you, would've, you would've tall, came back the king. Wide, he, he he's alright. Thirty minutes in, thirty minutes into my first meal deer hunt in Oregon. Yeah.
4: Behind grandma's house. And behind grandma's <laughs> so right house, right
1: now at
0: this point your mindset is like a deer's been this is smelling what- gingerbread cookies and apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has a quilt made by grandma yeah. herself. He's like, laying on the quilt made by grandma and I'm like <laughs> This doesn't make sense. So right so, now your mindset is
1: like, you're connecting I expected the this. Yeah, you're yeah. connecting the
4: stories to... Yeah, like I kind of expected it,
1: but in my mind I'm like, wait, I was just looking at a 3x4 and I walked around the corner and looked past a tree and that's not the same buck I'm looking at, but I didn't want to shoot the first one. And it's like trying to process in my mind and he kind of walks off.
2: And I'm like, what just happened?
1: <laughs> and... And I'm looking and so I'm like, all right, let's get a better look. And we, we move a little bit more and I find the buck again and he's staring at me. He's, he's faced straight at me. And instantly we, at this point, it registers like, this is not the same buck. Yeah. There were two of them and this one is much larger. It's a shooter. What, and it froze.
0: So? And it froze. You didn't pull the trigger. Didn't pull the trigger. Why? No
2: idea why.
0: Like I, it was, Okay, let me ask
2: I, you this. I can't this. even
1: explain it. It was like an out of body experience <laughs> where it was like I and and part of me says that I took it
0: for granted. Was it, well, okay, let me ask you this. And be as honest as you can on air here. Was it the stories and all this you thought that like if in the first 30 minutes I'm going to see a bigger one? Uh, uh, well, no, like a little bit like
1: I part of me thought okay, we drove down the road in the first... Because this
0: is... What did we say this buck? You thought he was 60s, 70s? He's, or, like in, he's in the 70s. It, like he's a big, yeah, heavy, and it's five minutes mainframe four-point. five
4: minutes from the ranch, right? You, you haven't even hit... You haven't even gotten right.
0: to the place you're going to run.
4: We're a half mile
1: So in your head, you might like, be thinking, well,
0: like, I'm going to hit that high 80s, 90s buck. Yeah, well, we're part. a half mile from the lodge that we're sleeping
1: in. And, and it, I see this giant. And I saw another decent buck that I'm like, nah, nah I don't, don't, don't want to shoot yet. And, the, and so... Like, like, I had really, I had a high expectations. I took it for granted. And at the same time, I was, and I don't, I don't want this to sound like these are making excuses. I'm just telling you, like, what was going yeah, on in my which
4: is fair. mind process. Because real things happen to yeah. real people when you are not in an edited show. Yeah. yeah. yeah these yeah, are these are like reality. real stories.
1: So I'm giving you guys the nitty gritty here. The and, and so I'm like,
4: in my head, I'm trying
1: to process, like, okay, this isn't the same book this is probably a shooter but there might be bigger more mature bucks yeah, around yeah. the area and we're 30 minutes in and i really love the adventure and like the hunt of it yeah and like i was just all thrown off and for whatever reason i never pulled the trigger and instantly <laughs> when it disappeared i'm i thought you are an idiot why did you not pull the trigger and and all I could think is like I, I should have pulled the trigger, and I was like thirty minutes away from
4: being done. Yeah, but then part of me was, like I don't said. want to be done. Well, and I think that's I think that's the bigger thing too. When you go, uh, whether it's it's funny, it's it's a really it's a balance between wanting to be successful, wanting to
0: be successful. Brandon's gotta pee. He's yeah. gonna pee. I knew they'd make mic noises, which yeah. is why I called it out. Did you what, Did you deposit that? I didn't. I oh, great! We're going
4: to talk through it then. Yeah, we're, um, re- we're going to go through it. it. It is an it's an interesting balance between when you come into whether whether you're going on a guided hunt, whether you're going on an out of state hunt, whether you're, uh, whether you're hunting even in your backyard. Yeah. You, the the hunting season is is short comparatively to the rest of the year. Well, yeah. well and maybe in the Midwest it's different, but you know. No, it, I mean it, it, it is longer, but it's yeah. still it, that applies in in Oregon. You get anywhere from five to ten days for a deer. Yeah, you, which you, is crazy. You get you get like four to seven days for elk. With the you bow get, in Illinois we get October first to like mid January. Yeah. So, so these are short these these are short seasons and so um you're thinking about it all year long. And so you wanna have success. Yeah. But then if it happens within the first thirty minutes on the first day, then all of a sudden your hunt's done. And so now you've thought about twelve months yeah. of what your season's gonna look like. And thirty minutes into it, it's done. Yeah. And what you know, I think that Brandon touched on this earlier, where there's the misconception of success of a hunt is the kill, but in reality, the success of the hunt is the experience that encap- the, encapsulates the, the, the body of the entire it's thing. It's the body of it, and so what, if it ends. Within the first thirty minutes while it was you know getting there was great um, and and being successful is great it it condenses that experience yeah and so but we'll- you get so you get the stories out the gate yeah and then you're like oh I, you know the, so i could I could do this tomorrow morning too and extend this experience and so your right. mind gets full of all these like okay cool well I'm not going to fail. I'm just I'm just going to extend the experience.
0: Right where my mindset is on that, I completely agree with you. I hundred percent agree with you. But my mind frame from year to year goes. I've had years where you just struggle. You can't do anything right. Like we talked about earlier a little bit. Sometimes when it comes that easy, you got to take it because it. Yeah. We all know that it never happens that easy. So that's like yeah. kind of my mindset. I'm not saying you did anything wrong, no, Brandon. I, um, I agree. I But in my mind, I know what it's like to struggle with a bow or struggle with a, a gun or whatever you're hunting with. I know what it's like. So when they do come easy, I'll take them because I feel like some way around that I earned it eventually. Like whether it was the year before, if I hadn't earned it yet, I'm going to earn it for the next five years hunting. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So And 100%, like I should
1: have taken the shot. Like yeah. I, I have no excuses. I love that. It was you don't 100% lo- on me. Like I own it.
0: But I love the that's fact so that weird. you don't 100% know why you didn't shoot. I don't. I think that's cool. I honestly don't. But And that's the
1: reality. The, the craziest part is, like, I remember looking through the scope, and it, like, I can see that deer staring at me in the face. Because he was face on, looking right and that, at me. That's, and that's and he was a positive like he was, you're going to have for a he while. He was like he was looking into my soul. Dude. And I just stood there and I watched him. And I have no idea. You why guys they had didn't a spiritual trigger. moment. That's why you didn't shoot. It was weird. Like I honestly didn't. I, I I don't know why I didn't pull the trigger. And then as soon as he moved, and he started to go over the hill, I was like, "Why didn't you pull the trigger?" Yeah, it was like I snapped out of him Like why? Why? Why didn't
4: what you? What happened? What? Yeah. What just happened? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and, but what happened? Yeah. And you're an an experienced hunter who is killed multiple animals you have tons i mean you yeah there this is not a unique situation but yeah you're a western dude yeah, but every once in a while it's just like there's something happens where you, you're just like oh my whether it's expectations or the the, the plot line internally is different and you just miss them you, you just miss the moment i think it, I th- and, there's part, a, it, and there's part of it off guard yeah like
1: i part of me it, it's weird because I I don't have an explanation for it, and that's why I sound like I'm going in circles. But it's like I get it. I, think it, I think I had that high expectations. I had high expectations, but I didn't expect it to happen in the first thirty yeah, minutes for sure. If that makes
0: sense. So and I so was like, okay, this buck uh, walks off. Yeah. And then, and then and then what walk. happens? Very but fast walk. Once he once he's away, let me say that. Like well, then then what?
1: Yeah. Once we can't find him, it's like okay. We, we got to go find another one. Mm-hmm. And, and at this point, I'm like, well, oh, that was awesome. I saw one right. really good three by four. Saw one seventy ish class mule deer. Yeah. This is
0: going to be a really good trip. So you're going to get 200
1: yeah, next Yeah, I'm like, this is going to be a really good trip. There's going to be deer everywhere. Um, and I saw a lot of deer. But what I quickly realized is that there's there wasn't like a, I couldn't just go hunt everywhere. Right. Like, I, like I'm used to hunting in Idaho yeah. and hunting a lot of public land. It's like, Oh, oh I'm going to go over to that Ridge and I'm going to go over to that Ridge. And me and Lucas are very similar in this. We have like this, it's almost like a disease
4: of like, oh, I'm going to see what's over that corner. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I am gonna see what's over that. ridge. I call it uh I'm, I need to check that off the list. Yeah. And I, and See, I have that, too. I have but some hunting partners that it drives them nuts because they're like, well, we know there's something right there. I was like, yeah, but they're going to be there all day. Let's check those five <laughs> things off the list because otherwise we're just going to be sitting here. See, I have we that, too. can sit there for five hours and wait, or we can check all those ridges <laughs> off the list just in case. Just in case. And then we'll come back, and then we'll do what we need to do here.
0: <laughs> See, I have that, too, but to cross, like that ridge in Illinois takes a lot less time and a lot less effort, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to be bop over here. Oh, nothing over here. All right. Be bop. Don't I'm like, <coughs> all right, I'm at the top of this. All right. I'm going over there five miles to check this ridge out. It's yeah. different, you know? Yeah, it is. And it, and so like
1: we go up, we hunt this, this area. Um, right. Like I said earlier, we have a giant massive amount of land. I hike around so we go hiking around it and we keep seeing smaller bucks does more small bucks um and really cool country and i haven't like i've always wanted to kill a big mule deer and so i i was super excited about this hunt right and so we've came and uh moving around what's going on here he says, "Hold on, continue." Okay, so we're—I—I I have this idea, like I want to shoot this big, giant mule deer, and we're hiking around. I, I quickly realized that I may have to slightly lower my expectations from what I had pre- previously had. Right, and to be fair, my expectations. To be fair, do be
3: fair
1: and that was Lucas not me uh, and i had probably like unrealistic expectations so we i i end up spotting a betted three point
4: which may have
1: later died but i'm just we'll save that for later dot and done which are called what what are those dots called hey Lucas, you're smart. The ellipses. Ellipses. Bingo. For all you listeners out there, want to get smart. This is an educational point. (laughs) Want to get smart. This is an educational point. Not all is it, honey, you get to learn words. Mm -hmm. So, I end up passing. I find this three point. No, I'm not going to shoot him. I got this other buck that's like 170 ish staring me in the eyeballs into my soul. I'm not going to shoot this one. See another four point for those in Illinois. An eight point, yes, yes. plus eye guards. Well, I was you don't say, really count eye guards on mule deer, which is weird. Is that not weird?
4: Like even if they have them, you don't count them
1: because technically it would w- be a <coughs> ten
4: point. Yeah, in and Illinois, and mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's a hundred percent. I think that there's people. There's two camps on that. Okay,
0: listeners, let us know. Yeah, li- okay. yeah, listeners, let us yeah. know. Let um, us know what
1: you think. Like, if you're a mule deer hunter, like, do you count the eye guards? Oddly enough, guard I typically don't. Yeah, but but you could I feel like mostly you,
4: could, you don't. Yeah, you could easily convince me that I that I should. Yeah, because it counts for points. But it's like one of
1: those things. If where, it counts like, for
4: points. You should mm, probably. point. Should like probably count
1: nearly every whitetail has
4: eye guards.
0: Yeah, almost, right? every, almost everyone. Like, it's fair If to say. they don't have them, it's weird.
1: Yeah, like it's weird that they don't mule deer are like. They, they might, they might not. They might have one. They might
0: not have any. Um, right. so, Sorry for the background noise. So We're hunting you, camp.
1: You counted, a, you counted a four point or an eight pointer. Yes. And so I, I pass on this buck. He's on top of the ridge. We watch him come all the way across 225 yards. I'm like I'm not doing it on day one. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm not ready to do that. So day one, finish up. You know, see a bunch of deer, but nothing that gets me just super excited. Especially after I had my first 30-minute encounter.
0: Right. You are spoiled
1: right out the gate. I did. I got really spoiled. So, day two comes around, rolls around, and we end up going back to the same area, try to find that big buck. Nowhere to be found. We're not seeing nearly as many deer because, you know, conditions are a little bit different. A lot of the deer are bedded down a lot earlier than what they were. And lo and behold, again, we find this four-pointer. Mm-hmm. And he's a good one. Like, he, he he's not a tiny not buck.
0: four-pointer. Four-point. Four-point-eight-pointer.
1: There we go. There you go. Nice. That's correct nice. terminology. Um, And so, I'm thinking, gosh, I should probably shoot this buck. This is the biggest mule deer that I've ever had a shot at other than the one earlier. But like if I shoot this buck, it's the biggest one I've ever killed. Yeah. Uh, and some contemplating back and forth, contemplating back and forth. I'm like, okay, it's, it's day two. And then part of me is like, hey, we got a lot more people in camp and I can shoot photos and video. And I really enjoy doing that. And, and you're really good at it too, by the I way. Did. Thank Dude. you. Exceptional. But, uh, I might add. Thank you. And, And so, for me, again, it's like, I don't have to kill the biggest one to be really happy about it. Yeah, and she she what makes you happy on the inside. Yeah, and and so I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I got the camera guy with me. I'm going to take this buck. 330 yards. That's a poke. vx 3 Beep. Guy says, he's 335. Click, 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 click. It's more clicks than that to get to 335 <laughs> yards, but we get the picture. <laughs> it, yeah, you, you dial the scope in right, and that's the nice thing. Like you just turn the dial, hold dead on them. There's no second guessing. There's no holdover. Holdover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, it's not like oh, I got to hold it at the top. It's an aim back on with just like a
0: single pin on a bow. Yeah,
1: it's a beautiful thing, right? And so turn the dial, and I get a perfect rest, rock ledge and and I think for me I like I enjoyed that experience of spotting the buck making a stock mm. and and getting set up more so than like oh crap there's a buck right there hurry get ready shoot blah, 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 blah. yeah like,
0: yeah the, like you were, you felt calculated. Yeah, that yep.
1: spot stock, and I don't know if that's just like my Western
0: roots or what mm-hmm. it is, but I think it's a like, mindset thing, though. Like, yeah. no matter what, like you see it, you think about it, you just you do. You have time to do everything right before you execute like a plan. And it's because it, I had a very similar experience, which we we'll yeah. get into, but it was uh, it's
4: it's a uh, this is what I expect the hunt to feel like. Yeah. And
1: I feel like it, it like gives That's you a good more way to put it. Yeah, it gives you more time to like process and ingest that
0: yeah. you, experience. You, you
1: feel the moment a little more. Yes. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And and so I'm like, Yep, I'm gonna shoot this. Get a good rest. Dial a scope in And at first I'm like, Did I hit him? And then I see him kinda Stiff-legged, starts wobbling, and uh we're shooting six-five Creedmoors this week, and that bullet went right through him. Mm-hmm. And about two seconds later, like he goes, a double
0: lung shot, a double
1: lung shot right through him. So he was like not even really quartered to me. He had like slightly turned, and instantly it was like. <laughs> straight through him and he starts stumbling and he rolls down a hill (laughs) Now, now here's here's the funny part so the guy i'm hunting with the day before had told me oh you know i've been hunting around here in six years we haven't had to really like put one on our backs and pack it out in six years yeah which is crazy out here yeah well guess what i'm gonna do (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna shoot one where we have to pack it out. Yeah, and guess what? I think our whole entire crew did that. <laughs> so, so just saying, you know, we're a rowdy bunch. Hey, we you gotta get that, them where they live. It you got know? a little sporty, but for me, that's that's the experience, and that's that's cool. Like, though. That's what I wanted, and right, right. I was super pumped about it. So, day two, I take this. Awesome buck. Um, He's a good deer, man. And, you know, I, he gross scored like around 145 to give people yeah. kind of a reference of what this buck was. Mm-hmm. And super typical, um, another year or two probably would have been a magnum.
0: Yeah. Can't think about that, though.
1: But that's not what it's about. Like For me, it was a situational experience that right. I felt like the moment was right. And it was awesome, and I'm pumped about it. And so, we ended up um, getting this thing all cleaned up, and then instantly, I became cameraman for Kurt. Oh, and
4: oh. you and it was just awesome. like I already, I can't, I, I don't know if, how, how many compliments I've given you on the, your camera skills, but well, man. congratulations on your buck! Yeah, you don't first first need to. Congra- Thank you. no, I'm and, it, and it, it's a beautiful buck, too. It's got yeah. really it's awesome. good, it's just got really. Good jeans. It's it's a good one. Yeah. Um but and when you transition to the cameraman and photographer, like I was like, dude, this dude has got hidden talents. Like it was pre- Impressive. Yeah, primo. Like, I was I was excited about that. Yeah. Like, it, it like I'm I'm well, I'm passionate you get, you about the, the photo and video. And you get and you get experience like the experience again.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, like
0: you could have killed I'm that s- buck right out the gate and still had the experience of hunting. So it's cool, I'm still not to make you think my buddies,
4: right?
1: So, so yeah. and that's for me. Like it's the experience. Like I'm still so, creating those yeah. memories. So this
0: would transition to when you came and filmed me on that bow hunt experience on that mountain pinch, hundred percent.
1: Right. Like what we had already talked, what yep. you had just talked yep. about Going earlier. Back to that,
0: that's when this phase is in. So, yep. Yep.
1: so I had killed my buck, and then I become camera guy, and the next day. I get to experience that with you. Yeah. Right. Guess who else experienced it with you? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> just me. So, so I, like I did, I was super pumped that I was able to Yeah, that. You were just like, like luck, all over
0: deer from the get go, man. And,
1: uh, and, and then just like, and then experience it. Right. Like I, I'm actually more happy that I took one early. Yeah. Like that. Um, and then be able to kind of experience everybody else's hunts. Yeah, for sure. With them, and that—that and that to me fulfilled my experience here. Yeah. this week. Yeah, that's what it was all about. And so it was a good layout. I'm happy yeah. about it. Um, and and I got to do a lot of the things that I love to do. Yeah, like I got to hunt. I got to shoot photo and video. Yeah, your photo and skills are and out of this out. world. Um, and pack so out some muleys. Getting, yeah, I got to pack out. For sure. I so mean, so yeah. then that phases I mean, into me and Lucas packed out all of yours and then, and then mike like, <laughs> gotta help <him>. Lucas <laughs> packed.
0: We'll get to it, but just give me a nod yes or no, Luke. Did you see my comment on that? I did not. Oh, okay. You have to look. It's funny. Um <laughs> it's subtle but funny. So um so some fa- phasing it from that, you you found success on a really good buck. Your biggest Muley? It is. It is my biggest Muley.
1: Cool. Congratulations.
0: Actually it's, it's probably like,
1: I mean if you want to go into technical scoring terms, it's the biggest deer, deer tail or mule deer, yeah, I've, I've ever shot. So
0: then nice. Sierra <laughs> was up next. She's not here. She was on the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast <sighs> yeah. the last one we did. She had um, to bounce because, as it turns out, she is
4: a world traveler. She lives the coolest hunt, life. Yeah. She's going to hunt I will Maui. say this, and, too,
0: for the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast side of the listeners on this. Um, they know how like we've interviewed like female hunters in the past, and uh, and we really appreciate especially really passionate female hunters. We want to put them in the spotlight as much as possible. She is the real deal. Like right. I've never met that girl knows so much about the outdoors, so much about animals, so much about different animal species from yeah. big game to waterfowl to everything in between. It's very impressive. Well,
4: it's, and and she's she's a hunter. She's she's, she's still, re- the she, real she, deal.
0: She just still happens to be female. Like she's, Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, Like, that's all it is. But I just felt like I needed to clarify that because I feel like sometimes that gets categorized in a weird area. You know what I mean? Like
1: I mean, she's killed more than all three of us. Dude,
0: by far. <laughs> the knowledge this month she has <laughs> is true. so crazy. I was fat. She gave me a runaround of all the duck taxidermy in this lodge and told me everything about each species, where they're found, what they do. Like, mind blown. Yeah. Um Legit. How do we want to break down her hunt, or should we? Well, we we can. I think we can kind of break it down. Oh, I, th- they I think can just watch it.
4: Well, m- they might not be able to. We, we haven't reviewed we- the footage. I did review it. It's not great. <laughs> um. So I think the big thing is is that what's fascinating is that she came from a moose hunt that was extended in, in was it Al- Canada or Alaska? She was up Alaska. in uh, a last minute Saskatchewan. A last minute moose hunt, okay. and she just nailed a huge moose. Then she comes straight here. Um, she... So, oddly enough, the way that we've got this whole thing broken down is that we actually... She's the one that had a tag in a slightly different unit. Than what we... And had. Yeah. So, she, she actually gets... A lot more space to work with by herself <laughs> and by
0: herself, and we're like,
4: "Oh, hi, Sierra! Bye, Sierra!" <laughs> yeah.
0: And so she gets to go, explore. and everyone's like, "That's where the big boys live." And I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> cool."
4: She's like, "Sorry, guys. Peace." <laughs> She's sorry, not sorry. I'm gonna yeah. go out. Um, so she, you know, basically, she had two or three days of. Um, some really good experiences and at the end of the day she took down a really nice muley buck mm-hmm. um she turned down some good ones and you know hunted hard and waited till she found one that really you know the, like when like when she had that whole
1: bachelor group of bucks the uh, one you hadn't even yeah. seen yeah we, yet.
4: yeah we had seen we <laughs> had that made seen me sick a <laughs> little bit when you showed me after yeah. the day. we looked at some of the footage and and it looks like she had she actually had a chance to see a lot of bucks, and she didn't talk about it. And she yeah. didn't. She did not talk about it a lot. Mostly, probably because I saw nothing for so long. But we'll get into that. She was being kind, and uh, and then after a handful of days, she was able to get on one that she really liked. It was a really tall buck that had a cool little crab claw in there, and um, and of course she made little a five by four a perfect shot. Like yeah. Um, and it was it was good. it was probably one of the one of the better ones they've taken out of here in the last uh, couple of weeks. So yeah, cool. Um, shout out to Sierra. She did a great job. Obviously, a wonderful person, wickedly talented, dude. Yeah, um, no a, doubt. an amazing hunter. Uh, I wish she was here to be able to tell her story. You know, I, she would underplayed it though because she is humble. Yeah, will we'll say. And and I would like to use a, a a cheesy voice and pretend that I'm her and tell a really funny. It would story be really funny her, <laughs> if you but, just played Sierra, but didn't tell anybody that you did, and then we just acted like it was normal. Yeah, and I practiced a voice earlier, and it just it, it didn't work. <laughs> we it, we're it, gonna do that. It turned into like this weird southern like girl
0: voice, and I was like, ah, it just doesn't feel right. So I decided to squash it. <laughs> we but, had plans to be completely yeah. corrupt on that story, <laughs> right. but it didn't work out. But I mean, I,
4: I guess I guess to take two steps back. Like um, she's obviously amazing, and when, when I put these these hunts together, when we can bring people, and I really like to mix it up with uh, with men and women because yeah. I think that the it's important. Yeah, it, it's important, and, and those those two different perspectives in a hunting camp are, are great, and to be able to share yeah. those per- perspectives are great, and um, and so that's what I like to promote. So yeah, um, and she absolutely. Came out swinging and hit everything on all cylinders. So yeah. good job, Sierra. If you're listening to this, like we totally respected your ability. You're amazing. And you, but you know we didn't respect
0: camp. her not being here for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And in all fairness, she's like, I just have so much meat to
4: process because I've killed so many animals this month. Yeah. <laughs> what have you done? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I. Uh, and she's going, uh, oh. she's flying to Hawaii
0: like tomorrow <laughs> to but, kill more animals. <laughs> yeah, she she's pretty rad. <laughs> so so going on with yeah. the stories um, since she's not here. <laughs> so while this is all happening, is that we want to get into? Yes, yes. So while this is all happening, everybody
4: like so. This is we're going to say a slug of three days. Yeah. So in three days, in three days, Brandon tags out sees a monster tags out on a really good one um starts filming kurt uh kurt has t- you know different opportunities Sierra tags out <laughs> uh, and, and as we look at some of the the footage like sees tons of bucks and uh which is great i you know as um i guess the facilitator of this hunting camp it's like for me it's it's important to have the
0: um the people who are invited to have a good the time. loophole culture is having the experiences. Right.
4: The, you core. Want, we, no, it the core. No, no. seriously, no. like One of our, our, our values team is we want people to create epic moments. And that's the big thing. It's like yeah. every, And it, that shows up in a lot of different ways. But being able to provide that opportunity for folks so that they can ex- then experience it, share it, um, that's really, really important. We talked about this on your podcast. Yeah. Uh, the, is that having that two-way conversation um, – it's 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 not a facade for Leupold. Like we <laughs> really we really value the two way conversation with our fans and the people who buy our product and right. because everyone who is in our office, we hunt, we shoot, we do all those things. You live things. the lifestyle. We live the lifestyle. And to be able to experience that and share it with our fans is very important. Yeah. Um and so for for me to have the ability to be a part of that, I mean, you, we were talking with Brandon earlier about doing what he loves to do and yeah. to, you know, he hasn't had to work a day in his life for the last, well, for the last nine years. He hasn't had a real, <laughs> or a good day in my life. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Come on. <laughs> he hasn't had to work, he hasn't had to have a real job in the last nine years sort yeah. of thing because he's able to do what he's passionate yeah. about. The people who work at Loopold, it's very, very similar where it's like, you know, we're very passionate about this and when we can bring those experiences with the, you know, our fans that, that care about the product and, all that stuff. It's like, that's fun. Like yeah. that, that, that it, it becomes, it, it turns work and mixes it with that lifestyle.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: so while we're all <laughs> shooting deer, you guys you're are seeing deer, all, you, guys you are, have seen how many
4: does? you guys are <laughs> experiencing your epic moments and you are living that lifestyle. Um, which was the most important thing to me. <laughs> I am going It's very nice of you. I'm going to the back forty. Because we were talking about how the way this unit's set up and there's just the different, back forty, yeah, that's the greatest. There's different chunks of land and stuff. And <laughs> I had I had a do. I had my guy There's right. more people than should be Yeah in yep.
1: our it, available space. There, there right. was a mix up a yeah, little bit. Is what it is.
4: Yeah. Um, so my guy's like, Hey, we're gonna let we're gonna go back to this property and I'm like, sounds good. For three days we trudge and track go up and down um we glass we we move we glass yeah. some more we go up and we go down some more and <laughs> how many more times <laughs> i saw 0 bucks in 3 days yeah so we i come back to camp and everyone's like oh i saw i saw this three I, point I, this four-key. i four passed key, this one i passed on body. this one i did this and i saw 0 bucks in 3 days uh, <laughs> a handful of those um on day 1 a smaller handful of does on day two yeah. and a single doe on day three. And I'm so like progressively getting worse, progressively getting uh, emotionally progressively getting worse. But in the meantime, like the, the guys that live here the guys that and they're here, hunting here all the time, they say, what were they telling you? They, they say, Hey, here's the deal in the back 40.
1: <laughs> where you're at
4: yeah. where you're at. There's not a lot of deer. There's sometimes no deer, but. but when there is a deer, it's a big deer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a fair judgment. Yeah. That's a fair statement. I just spent three days walking my paduti off, and <laughs> I, so I'm just kind of hoping that this big deer – finds it's time to show up (laughs) because at this point I've put in some, I come back tired and exhausted seeing nothing and everybody else goes, yeah, I passed up on like 1300,000 things. And I'm like, Oh, that's good. That's good for you. I really appreciate that because we're here for you. And that's what it's all about. And and in your words, and in your words, if I may quote you
0: cautiously
1: optimistic,
4: Yes, I remain
1: cautiously
0: optimistic. That's the best. That is a great way to be like, I'm not feeling it, but I want to be optimistic. Well, and here's the thing. Because like
4: I said, I'm a morning person. Sorry, not sorry. Like when the alarm goes off, I wake up in the morning, I put on my smiling face, I sing a little song to myself. It's your age, man. (laughs) Sometimes I sing my song out loud. And that is what it is. That doesn't mean I want to be up at 430 (laughs) in the morning. That just means that I am up at 430 (laughs) in the morning. It just is what it is <laughs> so while everybody else had all these stories happen in the first three days i had nothing happening in the first three days <laughs> however the guy that i was working with super steady eddie like he's just ready to rock and roll well, he's like just got a pile of pavement brother and i'm like okie dokie how, <laughs> how old is sam i don't know if i've ever heard how old sam is <laughs> I don't know either. Let's just say that he would be sixty to seven, like sixty to seventy. I think that's yeah. your old dude. Yeah. yeah, I'd say that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, I'll go middle of the line there. Yep. right there. Yep. Dude, and a lot. I, well, here's the thing. I think he. I think they put him with me because I'm. I like a lot. I'm like, because like we talked earlier, I'm like, hey, let's check that off the list. I'm like, what about that ridge over there? Like this one here? No, no, no. That one over there. I'm like, the one you can barely yeah, see in I the like,
1: horizon that looks yeah. like a mirage. I'm like, we yeah. should, that looks the like The heat waves
4: kind of fading it out a little bit. I was like, we should check that out. And Sam was like, okay. I'm like, okay.
1: Helps see 6'5", or whatever. He yeah, is. He's, he's a is. giant. Yeah, he's he's a tall, tall dude. dude.
4: <laughs> but that, I mean, that dude was just like, always like, all righty. Let's do what it needs to do. Okay, dokey. Happy. And we're lucky. Yeah. And yeah. we. So we crushed it for three days, and then I came home every day and said, "Oh my, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my." Yeah. Well, that is what it is. So that is that was my first three days worth of experience, which now brings us all back into the same
0: timeline. Yeah. Yeah. We're caught up now. We are all caught up. Where do you want to go from here, Kurt? <laughs> You want me to talk and do a little bit of my struggle after the bow experience? It, it's fairly quick. Okay, let's do it. It was dry. <laughs> so uh, now we're back to you. A little Rock. It, it was. It, <laughs> it was. It, it, <laughs> it, it was dry at that
4: <laughs> That's,
0: I mean, that's it, though. Like, we, we saw does. Yeah, there
1: wasn't a lot going on. And I you can't there. shoot does in Oregon. <laughs> I was there. Believe me, it's on film. There wasn't a lot going on.
0: It was dry. It was... Uh, it it quickly... And we had these conversations, too. Like, after the hunts, like, us us three in camp. Like, here's the perspectives here. Like, we realized what, what Brandon had experienced in the first day was, was kind of, in a way, a fluke a little bit. Mm-hmm. And those things aren't... Uh, it's, it it it's was not as much of a target-rich environment as we might have thought on day one, day two, probably right. Especially you know when he kills it and then Sierra kills it and then we're like, whoa. So yeah, you kind of realize like what the average is, like what what is what is the most realistic what it, you could go home with. Um, everything above that is is a bonus or exceptional. Right. Um, so after my bow experience, it was distant does. And really, not much else at all. So, what did you decide to do? So, in between all of this, and you know, being here with Leupold, it has a major influence on this whole situation. And you guys are like, "Dude, try a rifle! Like this, this is insane to go after him with the bow." I think you'd enjoy a rifle. Let's shoot it. It'll increase your odds. You're out here in Oregon. How many times does an Illinois boy get the opportunity to do this? I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go for it. But before I said that, we said, hey, but by the way, if you
4: choose to shoot a bow, we fully believe and respect your decision.
0: But you doubt. I can feel the doubt. <laughs> I can feel the
4: doubt. And, and, and honestly, we, we believe in you, <laughs> but good luck. We
1: believe yeah.
0: in <laughs> you, just not the deer. And, and, just, and the, the thing deer. is, too, is uh, Lucas, I, I, I felt your... um your doubt initially, then your belief. <laughs> yes. Then you're like, dude, you got this. I got this. I fully believe. When you. I have my game plan, and then it's the, not going to happen, but I believe. It. The <laughs> night before we went in, and then it was like, hey man, it's loopholed. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. So um, I shot the rifle a couple times here at camp, and I'm like, wow, that's actually really awesome. And and um, I'll and add, you were can, really good by, by the were, way. You were a great
1: shot. Can, yeah. can we can we touch on like the similarities? Yeah, of, yeah. Of how you shoot archery, and how that actually applies to how you shot a rifle. Because, yeah, yeah. I like think it's I, I've been a lot around I've been around a lot of people that shoot guns. You shot impressively well. Thank you, man. Like Thank a you. sniper. That makes me feel and, good for a guy who never and, does it. And you know? after,
0: yeah. When was the last time that you really shot a rifle? Like ten years ago, you said. I have a 22250, like two fifty, but it's probably been three years since I. And, but I've okay. never killed an animal with it. I like I shot. Yeah, it like you three haven't killed times. an
1: animal. In I bet you have
0: shot that rifle a total a of six times. Okay, so since two thousand twelve,
1: and, and after filming you and talking about like your archery style and the release you shoot and everything, I found it really intriguing of how much crossover there was between your archery style. Mm -hmm. And how you approach that and how you set up your shots, and how I guess, like, the hand mechanics, the hand mechanics, and kind of a weird word, but like, intimate you are with that process,
0: right? Yeah, because archery isn't intimate, it's like a romanticized type of like, uh, it's like a kind of a weird that's the way I look at it. And I'm getting probably too artsy farty there, but uh, but you know, yeah, but that
1: crossed over, yeah. To making you a really good shot, like I, I noticed it even when you were shooting. Like, I, and I'll say this: the first shot that he made, I'm pretty sure it hit dead, d- like dead eye on the bullseye. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> like, I mean, like me and Sierra watching in the binos, I'm like, I, I don't know where it hit. I think it hit dead in the center, like. Shoot off of the black because the targets we're shooting have a black center, yeah, and they have a white outside with like, all the ha-
0: inch hash, mark yeah. There. And so,
1: like, when it fires through, it's sometimes you hard can't to see the black hole on a black target, yeah, it's really hard. Uh-huh. So, we're like, well, just shoot a little bit outside the black, and he shoots. And it's like, I mean, it's like exactly <laughs> where he was aiming, <laughs> yeah. like, exactly. Vertical and horizontal, where he was aiming. Like, man, yeah, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> <was even nicer. laughs> for, a, for, for a dude that
0: shot a rifle like six
1: times in the last ten years, yeah. that's yeah. pretty impressive. Well, you guys, and,
0: and, you guys did kind of say like, "Hey, and, but, you know, fall through your shot," and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. fall through your shot." I know exactly what that so, means because mm-hmm. my archery background.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to let you take this. Like, just talk about those what similarities you noticed between that cuz i thought yeah. it was super impressive and i was intrigued on that process
0: yeah so with archery i spend so much time cuz i shoot a lot i spend and not that i'm like obsessed with like hitting the tiny little x like some like tournament yeah. archers are like this year i ch- tried to change my focus and change my confidence in aiming at deer targets because if you aim at a dot all the time when you shoot 80 yards if you're an inch outside the dot you don't feel very well about shooting that well. Even if it's a two-inch dot and you're an inch outside that dot at 80 yards, you're not in the dot, so you feel terrible about it. So I practice aiming at a deer target. So if you're in the kill zone, you feel good about it. Even if you're an inch to the right and you're still in there, you still feel good about it. So that's what I focused on. Um, but it's all follow-through, and you when you shoot archery, you spend a ton of time on the thought process and the focus of, You're aiming how you're aiming, how you can aim better. Like, I beat myself up over it mentally pretty bad. Um, Like, you know, if you're an inch outside, you're like, what did I do wrong? What could I do better? So I just felt like that follow through with my release. And then when you guys give me, just follow through. Don't peek up from your scope right after your shot. Like, feel the shot, follow through, squeeze it, feel it then look after the shot is done and over like your rifles reacted there. So I just tried to apply that. And I, I, I do feel that it does have similar, it does have a lot more similarities. Um, more than I ever probably would like to give credit for before this experience. Yeah. Like talk, talk a
1: little bit about the release you shoot. Yeah. I shoot. And and you've probably talked about this before in your podcast before, but yeah, I like if there's anyone new listening and because I haven't listened to all of them, I, like I thought, it was really cool, I, and yeah. especially because I had seen it. So after last couple I'll give the.
0: I heard this explanation through um, w- one of the world's best archers, Levi Morgan. He shoots a a hinge release, which most people know is a back tension release, um, with a click. I shoot the Scott Hex, which is a. It's kind of a hybrid back tension release, but it has a wrist strap like a cal- hunting caliper release, which most, be- most people hunt with a caliper release. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it does, it forces me, you draw back with the strap, and then I can put my hands on it like a regular caliper release. I squeeze through, then partway through my, my pull through on the shot, it'll go click. So I know that it's about to go off, and then you pull, 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 pull. Boom, your arrow goes off. So it's kind of a surprise shot. It prevents you from... Aim, 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 aim. Now punch. To okay. Where a caliper at least makes you do that. That that, that tall finger. I'm, I'm expressing this with my finger right now for people in yeah. podcast land. You got your finger up, finger up, punch when you shoot, which causes jerky shots. Shot, if you're in a panic, a lot of guys in a tree stand, a deer comes in hot, you draw, uh, punch, and you're like, oh, I don't need, did I look through my peep? I don't even know what I did. Whereas yeah. mine, I have a kisser. It's rushed. Yeah, it's rushed. Mine forces me to draw, put your kisser in place, feel the shot, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. There's your click. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Shot. So it forces you to bury your pen. Aim, 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 aim. Squeeze, the arrow hits where you're going. Even if you're a little shaky, if you bury your pen and you're anchored and you're a little shaky over it, you squeeze through, your arrow will go where you're aiming. Mm-hmm. You have to just like trust that shot process. And that's kind of what I applied with, with the rifle shot yeah. is like, I can feel it. And my fingers on the trigger, which is weird for me, but I'm thinking squeeze, 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 feel the shot. Then look, that's where I applied. I don't know if that's like the correct way, now, but it felt I, right. I thought that crossover was super cool. Cause
1: I, yeah. I had never thought of it and I have not archery hunted nearly as much as you have mm-hmm. and I've rifle hunted a lot more and i and so i've never thought of that crossover like that yeah but once i had seen your process of archery hunting
0: yeah and because you and, were you were quizzing me about it a little bit yeah and really right got
1: now. to experience it and see it and then ask about your release and how you did it and because like I, I wanted to learn right? like yeah i, I want to learn it from I recommend people you that getting are, that
0: release man i think you'd enjoy it <laughs> yeah, especially like, as much as you like rifle hunting you probably really enjoyed that yeah release. i think that
1: like I honestly think that helped you crossover and transition, cross over in mm-hmm. transition yeah. into that rifle because a lot of it is the same motion. Well, and it's just like and any steadiness, any
4: sport activity. It just shows how much follow through is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because follow through continues the motion, like baseball
0: bat swing mm-hmm.
4: or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I, thought, I, I was
1: super impressed by that because it was like, oh, I've not shot a rifle and I've been. Killed anything.
0: But depending on what your draw length is, Perfect. you're going to be fitted a little different. We should probably shoot. Uh, maybe if you want, you can shoot my bow tomorrow before we leave. I think your bow is like three quarters of my entire height. <laughs> I shoot a long bow. Um, oh, yeah. No, because Brandon bow hunts. Yeah. I do, but his, he shoots. I like shoot a longer 35. axle, axle uh, bow. But you're probably. It's what a what it, ritual 35. It's like. You're split. probably a 28 inch draw, though. Close. Yeah. I'm yeah. like right around there. Like 20, 20, yeah. 28, 28. Like somewhere around there. Yeah, you guys should shoot it tomorrow. We're all very average. I'll walk you through it. Yeah, 28's average. Average human size. We're super You're average. We're just average. Remember, great hunters. Terrible. I think, yes. <laughs> this is a jaunt of a podcast, yeah. but I'm enjoying it. I think we got to talk about Luke's. Okay. Book. Yeah, and maybe we break this
4: into two parts or not. I don't know. But maybe we will. It's um, up to us. Okay, so... so we're going to record all the way through. So. We are now at the point where... I don't even know how um, long we've been going, but where you breath. have so you've now an transitioned. hour and forty six at this point, real record Ooh, time. Neither. So you've transitioned to saying, Okay, we gave it a go with the bow and you've shot the rifle. If you're good about the rifle, you're gonna go now do some rifle hunts, and meanwhile along this whole time I've been walking all over the countryside you're still walking <laughs> and seeing absolutely nothing. And God bless everyone involved in my nothing nothingness, it's just
0: I've seen nothing. Yeah, and you still came back positive. I might add, you might not have felt it on the inside, but you seem positive. No, I always feel it. Here is the thing: is that so I am a
4: high and low guy. Like I like, I like to feel the highs. I like to appreciate the lows. They're like it all yeah. meets in the middle, Um but. It, that that's it's it's fun for me. I like so I, I go up I go down. I, Sometimes
1: I, I, those happen really quickly.
4: <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> those happen quickly together. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> are we going to transition to my day four? Yeah, that yeah. We're Okay, so day four is your big, day. Let's yeah. get
1: into those quick transitions because yeah. I, I feel like that's really it's, that's where it gets real, it's good, it's a really for juicy. big so, uh,
4: so, <laughs> so I since you haven't seen a buck yet, I had not seen a buck yet. Well, in minimal Nine. dose. Minimal dose, yeah. So basically, I'm just taking my rifle for a walk. And to be fair, to be fair <laughs> I enjoy you. taking my rifle for a walk because, you know, it's a nice rifle. It does good things. It looks pretty. I'm just saying, well, let's go for a it walk. likes to poop outside. It does. <laughs> Side note, someone's dog in this house literally went into our room and pooped on my bag, which was open and all my pants. So I woke up one morning, there was dog poop on my pants. And I thought, well, is through a dog or someone here in camp does not like me? So that's where that comes from. Anyway, so day four, um, we decide to, first three days, we basically had the same piece of land for three days straight and mm-hmm. to no avail. Day four, we're like, hey, we're going to try a different space. And I'm like thank god <laughs> right it's like it's a it's, mindset it, at that point it really is it's like you know i i believe that the place that we were there's there's bucks to be had i totally get it um we saw nothing like i just need to change the pace at that point mm-hmm. just probably more emotionally than anything yeah so we go to a new spot where we're basically going to be driving up 10 miles up the road you know going into um, some land and then working our way back down. It's probably like a five-hour sort of hunt. We six, seven miles of up and down different types of terrain. Um, So we get up there. Obviously, we start moving at at daylight and immediately get into some big herds of elk, um, four shooter bulls in the herd, a couple of different uh, rag horns. And I'm sort of going like, well, you know what? Not bucks, but – I am, awesome yeah I, it's awesome i'm seeing living things with antlers <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, change of pace help, help pass the time yeah. a little bit and you know it so that was that was great um we moved down a little bit further and we sit and we uh, we're going to be glassing a ridge and all of a sudden i i, I see a couple of bucks i'm like whoa whoa, <laughs> whoa. what is this this is amazing uh, you know, Who put these here <laughs> after after three days of seeing nothing. You you actually start second guessing yourself. Like, do I actually know what deer look like? Can I even do this? Like, may, like maybe. I don't know what deer look like. <laughs> and so we're sitting there and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, there's a deer. I was like, Oh, well no, I obviously know what they look like. It's right there. It, they're pretty obvious when they're actually there. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, me with a bow the first few days, I would have been so bummed. Yeah. Oh, was, Like,
4: you know what I mean? It was the first three days were a hard three days. I'm not going to lie. I bet. But, um, so we, and the, and these are two bucks just chilling on this, on this face. And you know I'm talking with uh, Sam. And we're like, how do we want to approach this? We can go right and we can try to work this ridge. Um the wind is, again is we I I don't know if I had a moment where the wind was in my favor. Like it was just always swirling, always against me, and I'm sitting more like, Yes, sun in my face, wind at the back. I'm just this is gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag new <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, um a quick assessment. We're like, they're feeding over this ridge. We got to move quick to see if we can even get close because once they go over the ridge, we're not going to really know what's going to happen. Right. So we move left, we lose elevation, we go down and we come up, and of course, they're gone. Mm -hmm. which makes sense they should have been gone that's where they were headed (laughs) um and so we're like well that sucks (laughs) um but we you know we slowly are cresting over this you know this semi-bald face where they where they should be and as we get in over also i see a couple of does which you didn't see with them but obviously they were we were so we stop we pause i slowly sink down and i'm like. (laughs) <laughs> um and so I'm like okay let like we've got no cover wind's not in our favor mm. this is going to end poorly <laughs> um like you're thinking in your head like how do we assess this situation and sometimes like you oh, yeah, just have a chance you just don't have a chance it's really funny yeah. I'm like well let's we're going to move slink down just a little bit and just continue on and maybe you get a little closer, and one of the bucks are just right next to the doe, and you have a chance for a 40-yard shot, and that, yeah. you know, that, that can be a quick reaction shot. In for video. sure. So we start moving just a touch, and all of a sudden, the doe moves over, and a five-point bull elk stands up. And I'm like, well... <laughs> <laughs> where'd you come from? I didn't and, know that story before no, this. And he looks at me, he's like, well, hey, where'd you come from? And I'm like, I huh? feel
0: like that's how all elk talk. Yeah.
4: And, no, and I'm like, I'm like, well, I came from that ridge over there. And he's like, well, I've been here all morning. He's like, and I don't appreciate your presence. And so he like burls off into the trees, like, and as he's burling off, all of a sudden he's, all, he's a satellite bull. The main bull up, like probably a hundred yards above us. And this timber patch is like, and I'm sitting there going, like, oh, great. So, yeah, let's, let's have a circus. <laughs> like, yeah. And then the doe's like, yep, no, nope, peace. And then everything just it took goes, off from yeah. the, the elk? Yeah, everything. so everything goes. And I'm like, huh. That
1: that interaction is super interesting Yeah, to literally me. the most action he's got in two months yeah. of hunting. Yeah,
4: I hadn't seen anything for, like, for three <laughs> days. And all of a sudden, like, bull elk, deer, bull, shoot, And everything just, like, explodes. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, and
0: Someone's pulling into camp. Oh. We're, we're podcasting. <laughs> here, they're going to come turn the lights off. On yes. This.
4: We're going to have a bunch of people
0: come in here and <laughs> yeah. ruin our podcast. <laughs> just <laughs> a heads up to the yeah. listeners. Yeah.
1: just in case you hear a bunch of random
4: voices. We'll like, hey, yeah, we're recording, so just a heads up. So, so everything scatters, and I look at Sam, and I go, well, <clears throat> I guess we just continue on, slowly but surely. <laughs> and so we can – I mean, again, we're, it, this is kind of still hunting at this point, where you're, you're spotting and stalking, but at the same time you're moving slowly slowly. Um, through your landscape to see like, just what it kind of exists. Yeah. We move over the ridge um, to the other side where they're, again, you know, mule deer have a tendency to bed under trees. They they bed against yeah, rock faces. Rim rock. And- Rim rock. They're, you know, they're three quarters of the way up the hill, all those sort of things. So, those are the areas that we're checking out. Yeah. And so, I'm just kind of peeking over the edge just to see if there's anything there. Don't really see anything. So, I sit down. I'm glassing the other edge. Sam's behind me doing the same thing. And then I'm like, "Okay, cool, and I stand up, I take one more step forward, and all of a sudden the horns go, "Boop, pop up, and just go <sighs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> it's gone stupid. again. That stupid buck was like thirty yards in from me, but on the uh, across this tiny rim rock face that you you just couldn't see, yeah, and he was just going, and I was like.
1: Oh, Sounds similar to this evening,
4: yeah. It was, it was, it was very interesting.
1: Look, look over there, six, seven hundred yards. Oh no, he's right there. He's right, right, there. right yeah. 50, yep. two sixty, two
0: seventy. They're
4: they're sneaky, man. Oh, it was, and it was funny because it was. It, if I had taken two steps forward before, like in the quiet mode, I probably could have seen the antlers. But you don't, you know. There's those false faces
0: on yeah. these ridges, and sometimes it. you don't feel like you you're looking so far out that it doesn't register. You just don't expect well, that might I, be right.
4: there. And I actually was looking right there in front of me, like before, because I, I always, as I approach these ridges, I I look over the immediate ridge just yeah. just, just to make sure I'm not going to screw anything up, and then I glass the far ridge. But it, like this, med- it had a couple of little mini false faces, and I just missed the, the second false face. Right, right is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But again, these were the first bucks I've seen in now day four.
0: Like that's I, and and keep in mind for listeners. Like, I think you're downplaying. We've already beat this earlier in the podcast. These are long days. These are long days. They're not easy. A lot of miles walking. There are a lot of miles. Like ten mile plus days up and down. Yeah. and I say up, straight up, straight down. I didn't walk a lot of flat. <laughs>
4: you you didn't, didn't walk, walk any flat. flat. Walk a lot of flat. Yeah. So that, I was I was putting in I was putting in the effort. Mm-hmm. Like say say if you walked sixty miles, you walked two miles of flat lane probably yeah yeah i, I think that's fair so sure. uh, so the the bucks blow out um the cool part about that morning hunt it took five hours and we probably walked i don't know it was probably seven or eight miles but mm-hmm. so it was it was again still hunting slow movement glassing um, but a lot of up and down we saw six shooter bulls which was great. That's not a couple of raghorns and a lot of elk. And I was like, well, that's really wonderful. Just, you know, just, uh, Uh, you don't have a tag, don't have a tag for that. (laughs) Um, so we get down, we come down to camp midday, like to kind of get changed up, put some new socks on and all that jazz. And I'm like, (laughs) so I'm like, okay, (sighs) what are we going to do next? And Sam goes, Hey, we're going to go back to the place we've been the first three days. And I'm like, Great. <laughs> and he goes, "No. Awesome. He goes, "You know what? No, there's 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 bucks in there. We haven't had luck, but there there's some in there." And I said, "You know what? I believe you." I said, "I don't know why, but you this is your gig. I get it as like it's great country I, and the what we have seen had been dwindling, but you know what? Let's let's go. Let's roll. I'm let's cautious. see what happens. I am cautiously optimistic." <laughs> and so we roll out there. And uh, <laughs> it, bear in mind, I have not even, I have not, uh, I have racked around in in stalking moments where there should be something, um, and then I will eject it when the time is necessary. But it, keeping my rifle on safety the whole time, so all of that jazz. But I've never like scoped anything that was the potential of success. Yeah. And so we're driving up there. As we pull up into the spot, like, all of a sudden, some does are under a tree. We're like, oh, there's some does. Like, oh, dear, they're they're out here. They're, well, this is new. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. great. Wow. Yeah, th- yeah, this is
1: like you see three does, yeah. and this is nearly bit- 33.3% of right. the entire population that you've seen. Right, in this area.
4: <laughs> yeah. And we plan on going to the far end of this unit um, and then working our way down into a spot where um, – there's should be some potential of activity in the evening, and and this is like three thirty four, and so we're like, okay, this should be good spot, but like as we move up, all of a sudden, boom, there's these doors. We're like, whoa, that's cool, great for us, but we got another, you know, half mile to drive and all that sort of stuff, and so we go another twenty yards, and all of a sudden we're like, whoop, bucks under a tree, and leave the vehicle because and these are these aren't like road roads, right? This is like, yeah. just like. Trails. Yeah, more trails. You you drive to get to where you start, sort of stuff. Yeah. And so these bucks get up and start bolting, and I'm like, oh my. I was like, those, that is not what everybody's, these are not forkies that are just, these are studs. Real bucks. Three megas. Yeah, and two two decent, and then one real buck. And Mm -hmm. they just immediately bolt over the edge. And so I'll, uh, there's this is there's no time for thought process. There's only time for reaction. Um, I grab the gun. Um, Sam comes behind me. I, we're running to the edge because I'm thinking I know that this bowls out. I know that it's fairly open. Get to the edge. Mule deer like to run and stop. Um, there's probably a chance somewhere. We just got to we got to see if we can get that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Run to the edge. And as I'm running, rack one in. Um, and we get I'm scanning scanning and all of a sudden boom to the right there they are they're running straight away and i'm like oh, you, you just see racks like they're three, they're bunched up but you just see racks rolling yeah and so i immediately just kind of jump down prone cuz there's a, there's actually rocks and everything it's, it's it's a good setup actually for for shooting something uh-huh and i i go down prone they actually stop um, a good distance away. It, you know, it's not like a close shot. It's not like when you're you're still hunting and something jumps up fifty yards and you're like, oh, right. It's right there. But it's also not four hundred yards. We're like, oh, this is far. Yeah. You know, it's like there's some weird middle distance there that um, that comes into play. But I I jump, I go prone, and I put the <clears throat> the crosshairs up on the group, and they're fairly bunched up. And I'm like, I don't want to take an immediate shot because they're kind of bunched up. And I'm like. Center one's the big one. And Sam's like, center one's the big one. And then, um,
0: <laughs> what is that? I just, center well, one's the big one. <laughs> yeah.
4: And you can tell that, I mean, this is a, this is a, a big mule deer buck. He's, he's I, got, got the frame. We're and probably talking 20 inch or 200 inches. Like it's, that's a big boy. It's, it's substantial. Like, and it's, it's 200 inches in any deer species. And, and I'm going to tell you, it's a big boy, mega. And I'm going to tell you, I've gone from not singing a single buck to seeing a smaller buck that I was like, I could shoot that in the morning. To this is basically the second.
1: The biggest meal deer like you've ever
4: Yeah, the seen second one I've mule. ever seen. And it is just so happens to be the biggest deer I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Oddly enough, like I wasn't, like that didn't even cross my mind other than, oh, he's big. Right. They're bunched up. Now they're unbunched. Great, I got a shot. Right. And so it's funny because you take
1: advantage of the opportunity.
4: Yeah, And I wasn't, I I didn't, I I didn't even count points. I didn't count. Like I wasn't like sucked into, I wasn't sucked into this whole like buck fever. Like, Oh, it was just like, he's big. This is great. Uh, Let's make this happen. Yeah. Oh no, they're too bunched up. (laughs) This is not great. And then all of a sudden, Oh, they're separate. Oh, this is great again. And so, and so I'm sitting down, I'm like, perfect. I got crossers on him and I'll go, press the trigger. Nothing happens. Press the trigger. Press. I was like, "What the?" And I was like, "Oh, I was like, this is sweet." I didn't, I didn't flip the safety off. So now, and, uh, now, and the worst. Now let's all take, let's all take two steps back. Uh, okay. it's like he,
1: two steps back to the last three days that you, you've given me a hard time about
4: not shooting the first yeah. one. Well, no, you didn't shoot the first one because you're like <laughs> that passive aggressive comment. Oh, you, I'm yeah. not gonna pull the trigger. Yeah, it was passive. It was yeah. more like you know. There's a lot of these guys out here, and I'm just not entirely sure I want to settle in the first 20 minutes of my day. To whereas me, I'm like, I have walked my ASS off for three days. I'm tired, I'm sweaty, and my feet hurt just a little bit. I'm cautiously optimistic, Uh but I'm loving life. This is a gorgeous place to be oh look at this giant buck he i think he wants to die i'm gonna actually shoot him (laughs) i think he wants to be in the
1: Boone and Crockett record book
4: yeah he would have been uh, why why is my gun not going off oh this is because i've never actually lifted it up and looked through my scope in the last four (laughs) days your brain
0: lost programming
4: but i've been hiking so much that it's been on safety a lot and so so that here's the thing that actually – this is, I call this my series of unfortunate events. That clicked on the series of, oh, safety on, safety off. So I clicked the safety off. Could have just pulled the trigger right there. But as I clicked the safety off, I see my dial in front of me. I was like, I should dial for this. Right? They're sitting there. Yeah. I should. And so I – Sam, what's the distance? He's like – Two, he said 215. I heard in my head 250, so I dialed the 250 real quick. But as I, I mean, all of this, of course, is happening over the course of like six or seven seconds. So yeah. I mean, yeah. In your head, it, it's a frantic yeah, type
0: of moment. Yeah. 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 It's it's more frantic than it should be. People but, listening but, realize that frantic honey moment because yeah. when you get the opportunity, it happens fast. Yeah. You, and we're
4: running, you make moves. We're yeah. running from truck to the end of, of uh, Rimrock Rim to immediately jumping down, going prone, yeah. scurrying up racking around looking at it triggers not pulling flipping the safety off and then also like oh i should dial because it, again it's not 50 yards it's not 400 yards but there's you know there's some sort of distance yeah. I, I should probably take an account and for so
1: and, it, like ex- explain a little bit more on what you're talking about dialing your scope so in. This is it, there may yeah, be some people point. that are not and this, there is, may be some people right. listening that don't understand what you're talking about. Dialing your yeah. a lot of the working class yardage. listeners that
0: are hunters only might not get. Yeah, it.
1: and this is, I, it
4: was a learning experience for me. It's yeah. interesting because so we have what's called the custom dial system at Leopold, and um, it's actually it's complex in its internals, but it's actually not complex in its functionality. To whereas you have the a dial- user, it's super simple. Yeah. yeah. So Comple- to make it- complex in the manufacturing. Yep. Super simple for super the user. simple for user you get your, you get your gun, um, you put your scope on it, it comes with an MOA dial standard. you get your ballistics off it, so your muzzle velocity, your bullet coefficient, um, and then you just put in your average altitude temperature, those sort of things, and then we burn you a dial for your specific load and your mm-hmm. gun. So basically... Burn you means you,
0: like, laser... We
4: laser the dial, the numbers in there, and so then you take the MOA dial off the one that comes on the scope, you put the new one on, which is a couple of set screws, and then now, instead of saying, oh, he's 400 yards away, I need to uh, I need to hold over, like, raise my reticle above my mm-hmm. kill zone by X amount of inches, you literally just turn the dial to 4 at 400 yards, and you aim dead on. And... It's, and that is it's it's simple. It, it's simple. All the ballistics are in that dial mm-hmm. now.
1: Which in a situation like this, like your situation, my situation, where it's in in a lot of hunting situations where it happens so quickly. So quickly. That's important. It's yeah. well, well it's, it, for, it, well, no. for bow
0: hunters. It's like the HHA single pin sight, right? You roll your dial mm-hmm. thirty thirty one yards. You can roll it to that increment. 40, yeah. 50, 60, 70, 80, all the way to 100. With the right bone. where you need to be. And that, right there's a big
1: difference need. between being able to hold dead on where you know the exact kill zone is versus, high. oh, I think I need to hold
4: I need this 10 inches around. high or
1: 12 inches yeah, high. And make that's that. tough. Now, here's the,
4: here's the fallacy is that just like with the single pin, yep. on most modern bows, the difference between 20 and 30 yards is fairly negligible to a kill zone. Yep. So you're probably talking a couple of inches. Yep, yep. Um, the difference between 100 and 200 yards with most rifles, fairly negligible. What about when they're running? What about when they're running? i just set them up. So here. So here's the thing. So as soon as I heard the distance, I should have just pressed the trigger because my dial set at 1. I don't need to move it to 2. The kill zone is is in that range, right? But oddly enough, because of because I'm involved in the marketing pieces of that, my shooting yeah. it's a very flat shooting absolutely. gun. Yes, shooting a six five pretty
1: more. It's very flat shooting,
4: absolutely. But my mind immediately goes to as soon as I went safety, like the safety issue happened to fire to dial. It's all of a sudden I went through because when you when you're practicing, you go through the process, right? It's safety off. Oh, your your dials right. Take the and so. That process actually kicked in. To before I was instinctual, mm-hmm. it's on him. I'm going to press the trigger and go. Uh, right, <laughs> and and so and and had my safety been had I'd flipped that when I went down, I would have just probably smoked that buck right there. Right, yeah. But because then that actually retriggered my process. It took too long, and they started to run.
0: Right, and so right. I was like,
4: oh no. <laughs> So he starts right now. Here's the deal. This shows
0: you how like split second these deer it, are. No, and it's funny. Yeah, and, th- it, this is like how long?
4: The, I mean, you have to think that from the, the time you when get I, out when of
0: the vehicle,
4: get set up prone position, thirty seconds most. Yeah, right. And and this and I'm traveling twenty yards to, right because for vehicle to. But it, it seems like it's even when I go ten fifteen minutes, but even when I go seconds. prone to deer, like, yes, like, like, separated. Nope, 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 ah, safety, and then, so let's just go from no, no, no to safety to actually dial in. that that's probably three yeah. seconds, yeah, I mean, it's quick, it yeah. happens very, very fast, quick. but in your mind, it's a minute yeah. it it so it's it yeah. the instinctual part is interesting, yeah anyway, long story, long, um <laughs> so I'm doing all this at the same time, dial, click, 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 doesn't work, and then they take off, I'm like, no big deal, I grew up shooting white tail on the run, and I'm like. Big one still in the middle. Lots of space. Lead, fire, clean miss. They take off. I'm like, well, <laughs> expected. <laughs> expected because I, I go. I haven't. I haven't actually shot an animal on the run in 20 years. I used to. Yeah. Shoot animals on the run. 20 years ago. I aimed for an animal on the run and then as soon as I squeezed the trigger I was like that's an animal on the trot <laughs> <laughs> not the like, run no, not were, full sprint No yeah they were they were spooked and they were moving but and so it was clean up into the left Was a mule deer bounce? Just yeah and so I just completely missed and it was one of those things where all of the factors combined um and it had it was so funny had nothing to do with how big he was it was just like
2: the had circumstance.
4: Had I, yeah. Had I just, had I just, yeah. as I went down and went safety first, it would, I would have been fine. I
0: yeah. think every and, hunter knows that circumstance that mm-hmm. kind of like, Oh, there he is. Like well, bow hunter, gun hunter, whatever hunter, like the frantic, your brain's not, you're, you're so excited to get the opportunity mm-hmm. that exactly. you're kind of in freak out mode. Yeah. Well, and with, and
4: actually, and I would almost, so I would agree and disagree at the same time mm-hmm. to whereas it's not freak out mode as as much as it's hurried execution mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah yeah yeah. it's, it's, it's moment pressure and we don't practice hurried execution Well, and
1: that's where i, I like i was just Good gonna point. say like where i think practice probably is super important because those situations right like yeah i, I think there's a lot of guys out there whether it's but you know whether it's archery or rifle you know they go out they shoot a couple times like oh yeah i'm on I'm good. Yeah. Yep. But that that means that you can make a good shot. Yeah. yeah. When everything is perfect,
0: mm-hmm. I, I think. You but need, the but more
1: you practice, the more it becomes muscle memory, instinctual. Right. And but, in those but you situations. know what I
0: think you need in those situations. Sorry, Lucas, to cut you off a little bit. But I think what you would need is like you need a buddy it, to practice for that exact situation. Bow, and, bow and rifle. You would almost need. Lucas to be 200 yards out. Brandon to be at where he's going to shoot from. And then you run up as fast as you can with your rifle just to get your adrenaline, heavy breathing going. You get down and prone, we'll say. We'll just throw a random mm-hmm. pos- shooting position. Or bow position. You run up and you got to shoot from your knees. Same distance. Like, we'll go two at the same time. I'll explain these. And then... For the rifle shot, Brandon goes, he's at 333 yards, and you didn't know that distance. And, he got and then you got 12 seconds to shoot, and then a buzzer goes off, beep, don't shoot, you missed him, he's gone. And at that 12 seconds is actually probably five. Probably uh, five, yeah. And with a bow, same thing, I run up with my bow, mm-hmm. sprinting, I get there, yeah. I don't know what the distance is. I have. You got to no, get on 35. your knees, because no, you can't shoot yeah. underneath that branch. All right, Kurt, he's at 43 yards, draw, and yeah. all right, I'm draw, beep. But you didn't shoot him is, in five seconds. You missed him, and that's real. And that's one of those things
4: where it comes from. Like, um, and and to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> I'm not mad at um, those at all. Actually, that's an interesting. It's an interesting scenario because, like, your scenario with the deer that you passed on, um, that it didn't <laughs> voluntarily,
1: feel, involuntary,
4: voluntary, but involuntary. It didn't feel like the traditional hunt you had expected. Mm-hmm. When I was running out of the truck, I was like, "This is a." big deer, and anybody in their right mind would love to have this deer. It was so reactionary. It wasn't the hunt that I expected. And I had worked my butt off for three full days. It wasn't the hunt that I expected, which which didn't – it didn't come into play with my ability to say, yep, I'm going to smoke this deer because he's huge and anyone Mm -hmm. would take this deer. But emotionally, though, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel – it doesn't feel like what I wanted it it to feel like. It does
1: bring on a very – interesting perspective of like the mentality of hunting yeah right like we we know that definitely especially when you get out west the physical aspect of hunting but that mental
4: aspect of it right? and And,
1: like being ready for that that opportunity and and like you said like you you create a situation in your mind that you think is going to be what it what it should be, and it's not, and it's not, and and that just but it happens is, so fast it throws
4: you but off. But the thing a little is, bit. though, is that that's okay. Yeah, and I, and that's I think, and, and okay. I think that's what we with it because the, it's, it's real in the Instagram world we live in. That's portrayed as not way okay. Way to put that, by the way. And and I don't, and I think that the the problem is is that we're we are all beholden to this perfect scenario that doesn't exist. Yeah, and so
0: here's the thing. I? It's the rea- It's like the the. It's like the Kim Kardashian. Everyone thinks she's like the the high figure. She messes up every day. Oh yeah. I don't know if that's a great analogy or not. I got sidetracked. Yeah. But well, I think it's pretty obvious. That's that what I thought up of every day. Right. <laughs> okay. No, bad example. No. No, but
4: so, 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 I'm gonna, so I'm gonna go back. You get finish. what I'm, try- what I'm going do. for.
0: I don't know celebrities, no, man. Absolutely. So
4: I, I'm gonna finish this. The only one I knew is that. Um, so I, so there was, a, there was some mechanical things that, that went awry mm-hmm. and didn't get the first shot off. Then everything moved. I hadn't practiced moving shots in a long time. Yeah. That's just a hard shot to make at, yeah, you know, no. at, any, at any distance. You have, you've, got to be, you've got to be there. Um, and so – but again, so that fell apart. No big deal. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, it's either buck fever or excitement or this. No, I actually was – I actually felt really confident in the whole situation other than I just didn't have the right information. It is what, what are you is. gonna do you yeah. know and and I'm okay with that, right just there it's it just as when things are fast, things get a little screwy, it just is what it is, yep, so so we go back to the the truck grab our packs, regroup, we go to where the action happened, just to double check to make sure as soon as I squeezed the trigger, I knew I didn't hit that because like it, it's so funny how fast and slow things go at the same time, yeah, to where I pulled the trigger, and I go, hmm, no, pew. You wouldn't. You wouldn't run in that fast. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a, uh, immediately. That's a clean miss. And yeah. We, but we go. You we, know, what, we, when you know, you know. We go. We double check just to make sure, and it's it's really obviously that there was just like, yep, clean miss. Uh now let's move up to see where they. We saw where they kind of filtered up onto this plateau. Yeah. Um, and you know, mule deer, they they don't necessarily bolt 100, percent and so let's go yeah. let's go check it out. Longs. I have a tendency, if you've listened to any of the other podcasts that I've been a part of on the Lupal Core Insider, Mm -hmm. um, boy, I analyze what I do a lot. And I beat myself up quite a bit. And it is what it is. And I'm working on that. (laughs) You got really down on yourself. (laughs) That's important. So I was down because I was like, you know what? I was like all those those tiny – my series of unfortunate events, those were actually all very avoidable had I had been able to just to slow down the process just a little bit yeah um I consider myself fairly average at most things, but not bad at most yeah. things, so it's like I can at any instance like all of those things are success moments in my life i'm I might not be able to you know put five shots within the size of a penny at at four hundred yards hundred percent of the time, yeah. but you know what I'm very confident at, at getting a kill shot at most distances right. in most situations control the controllables like exactly
1: you know like safeties and things <laughs> like that that are a thumb switch away.
4: Yeah, I appreciate that. Man, these digs. Yep. No, it's great.
1: It, it's <laughs> great. It's a so, dig because I didn't even pull the trigger. You're right <laughs> you
4: control the controllables. Decide to shoot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, so we move up on the plateau. We're we're again. We're going slow. We're assessing the situation. And I look to the left, and all of a sudden, two of the bucks were 200 yards away again, and filtering through the junipers. Um, not going to take a 200 yard offhand shot. Uh, I got Sam behind me. I'm like, there they are. I go down to a knee because I've, I've actually made 200-yard knee shots before. Yeah. Not an issue. But when I, when I go down, we've got brush and rocks in the way. Right. And so then I stand back up, go back. To, it, the shot's not there. Try to make a quick sneak into the rocks to actually have a shot. But, of course, they sneak off and move. Right. And so at this point, this is now the third time we've seen them. Tree to then the running away group shot yep. to then up on the plateau. Um, then they sneak off away again and we're like, "Whew! well, this is unfortunate. Yeah. I'm obviously beating myself up. because, yeah, Of course. Any competitive person, you're going you know, to do that, especially yeah. in honey. You, you is. put the
0: time in and, and that happens. And, and I
4: think that's, that's the biggest thing I put the time in like, for, yeah. I mean, put some serious miles in. Yeah. This is the, f- the first real opportunity I had and a real opportunity at
0: a massive, massive which is even more heartbreaking yeah, which is
4: like oh yeah
0: it's like that's it's just that thick layer of icing that right on yep. top of that situation yeah
4: but you know but again cautiously optimistic take a breath we look at each other like, okay well let's not pressure him right array, let's move over to the edge let's think about this and as we like take 50 yard walk to the edge i look over and a thousand yards away across the ridge line i just see another deer in this you know uh, it's an open ridgeline, but the gap on our side has trees. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But I see it through this three-yard gap, just rack. And I'm like, well, there's a big one over there. Why don't we just go after that one? And, and Sam looks <laughs> Casually. Like, yeah. And he's like, oh, that is a big one. And so we spot it up. And again, in this area, we had seen nothing for three days. And now all of a sudden, three shooter bucks, and then on a fourth
0: on the ridge. We're like. How weird is that? Oh, it's crazy. Y- Mule deer are so mysterious to me. I, and Unreal. maybe because I'm from the Midwest, I don't mm-hmm. know if you agree. They just seem mysterious. Yeah, it's it was interesting. Like, what's the difference in the days? They're just uh, there now, Just there and not. I don't.
4: It's it. I, I I hadn't experienced anything like this before. Yeah. So they're 900 yards away. We we glass them up. We're watching them. Um, they're just kind of moving slowly along this ridge. Yeah. Uh, and we don't want to make any. You know, I'm not going to go and try to sneak up on them, not knowing where they're going, because right. you, you just. If you lose sight, lose elevation, you you lose your advantage. Yeah. Um, so we watched them for about 10 minutes, and they just so happened to bed down right there on the ridge under a tree. And now, we're 900 yards away, so we're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, do we want to move left and down and up and over, or do we want to move right and try to hold some elevation? Did you
0: spot this buck
4: through a spotting scope or no. just your by-nose? No, a naked eye. Oh,
0: naked eye.
4: Yeah, it was really funny because it's one of those things where after three days of not seeing anything, I was like, oh, I am terrible at hunting. And I'm probably terrible at seeing animals. Yeah. But then when animals are actually there, you're like, oh, no, you can actually see them. But this was just one of those things where um, it's funny how you might miss something right in front of you, but then you can actually see the most finite detail. How at a- I feel like in this country you're – um, my reaction is, is to always look far. I don't know. It's, it was weird, but it a was it was one you of those, it was yeah. one of those things where no binos or anything, thousand yards away, I see movement, and I just, you do the mini focus of your eyes, and I see rack, and I'm like, oh, and then I pull up the binos, like that's a big buck. But yeah. you knew you knew it was before because yeah, yeah. it caught your eye from a thousand yards away. That's a big buck. <laughs> that's a big buck. And so then, um, so we decide that we can slink around. We're going to go the right side, uh, see how close we can get, knowing that elevation is going to be an issue, tree line is going to be an issue. More than likely, I'm going to be looking at a 350 to 550-yard shot, depending on what we can uh, What we can get. Yeah. Um, and so we move in. We end up settling in at 460 yards. Um, any closer, we lose a lot of advantage. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got an hour and a half to sunset. And these deer are bedded down. We get a good
0: setup. And- can, can I can I interrupt for yep. like kind of like a a gear yeah product yeah, type yeah, yeah. thing? What range finder are you ranging this at? Because it's um, I, I just I, I guess it's a good point to to kind of plug what range finder you're using because I feel like at mm-hmm. those distances you mm-hmm. need an accurate judge. And yeah. I'm
1: going to step in on that when you're done.
0: So
4: we I was using the RX1600 mm-hmm. um, which is our, I I love that range obviously finder. the Leopold rangefinder um, and we we had actually recently done a lot of tests at work on rangefinders and distances and the one thing that people don't realize is that most rangefinders when you're doing a uh, what w- what it says in the box uh 1600 2800 4500 5000 3000 whatever that is a lot of times that is a reflective target distance so a uh Rangefinders shoot out pulses of lasers, hit a, a target, those pulses come back. Depending on that time, space, speed, blah, 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 engineering talk, you get a distance. <laughs> and so a reflective target is much easier to get a read back. Oh, um, okay. Because yep. it bounces Because it bounces quicker. It bounces right? quicker. There's, there's, no bounce. there's no absorption of that laser. Correct. Um, but we go through great pains to make sure that we can reflect on hard targets, dark targets, um, yeah. and get really accurate readings. So if you got a 1600, it's going to hit a soft target, like a tree or a deer at 1200 yards and give you a reading That's to where there's a lot of other ones. Like it actually might max out at six or 700 yards. Yeah. So it might say 1600 or 1800 or whatever, but it ain't going to range that unless you're ranging a stop sign. So not, I
1: but, will second that because this this week was actually the first week that I got to mess around with the 1600. Yeah. I was blown away at how quick you touch the button and nearly about the time you release the button, you get a reading. Yeah. Slick. That that speed if you listen to the last mumble jumble of stories we've talked about of how quick things happen of when a deer important. shows up, you have to make a decision how far Especially it go is hunting.
4: Yep. And, and then that, like that minute amount of time can be the difference. And it can be the difference in those quick situations. It could also mean the difference in these situations that, that now I've th- So I found myself in the quick situation where I failed miserably mm-hmm. or I didn't react appropriately. <laughs> and I, st- I, beat, I beat myself, I beat go. myself up and say, I failed miserably, but it is what it is. And now I'm in the, I'm in a more uh long-term situation here where I've got time to make to make choice. Yeah. If you can't range the distance and then know where you need to go to meet that distance, like it's not just saying, hey, I need to range sixteen hundred yards and shoot sixteen hundred yards, no one's gonna do that. But I can I can range and say, hey, he's twelve hundred yards away, I can now range in front of me and say, I need to get to this point here yeah. to make sure yeah. that that now is a, f- so now
1: I, I have. I need to close a four or five hundred yeah, yard
4: gap. And I, but I can pick to where that gap equals. Mm-hmm. Um, when we did the test with the twenty eight hundred, we were mm. ranging soft targets at like twenty two hundred yards. That's to whereas a lot of the competitors that you know that were like four thousand yard sort of reflective target ranges, they were capping out at like twelve hundred yards. Yeah. And so that's a big gap of an advertised range yeah, distance yeah. versus what. And people need to understand,
0: like almost a little an animal is
4: a soft target. It is an animal, yeah. tree, a hillside, those sort like of things. like a
0: giant mirror. Would be your giant well, yeah, fight to target. Yeah. Yeah,
4: they're gonna give you four thousand yards steel.
0: the whole the whole time. But no one's ranging that. No one's hunting mirrors. No. And even steel <laughs> and,
4: yeah and, and even steel Could target than other other Kim. Stuff. Yeah. I said other than Kim. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Bless her so, heart, sweet girl. So um uh so so yes, yeah, so that that hits their the ranging thing. So we decided we need to move over. We settle in at four hundred and sixty yards. Um we've got about uh a I guess we're, we're there's two pieces to this story that are that might be interesting might create comments um, feedback blah blah blah. Yeah. One is what's the ethical distance for shooting an animal? Yeah. Um, I you know I think you talk to most hunters you know 500 and under, it, it if you're capable totally fine. Yeah. You get that 5 to 700 yard range, you know, people start thinking about it, talking about it, questioning it. 700 plus, it's it becomes a debate. And I think um, it
1: depends on how much you practice. It
4: ha- well, there's it's multiple things. It's yeah. it's how much that, you practice. A lot. It's, the conditions. it's the same it's archery the debate just right. magnified in distance. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you can practice all you want. But it's like a ratio. Yeah.
0: It's a ratio. That's it's, the best way to yeah. roughly explain it.
4: Yeah, and it's interesting, like animal movement, wind, um, there, there's just a lot of things to go. And, yeah. and, and as hunters, yep, And as out, yeah, as yeah, hunters, yeah. we try to remove as many of those barriers as possible, right? Yeah. Because no one wants to wound anything. The worst feeling in the world is no, the as is to wound. As hunters, we're it's, the most protective. It's, yeah, it's yep. terrible. Yep. Anyway, uh, the second piece of that debate, um, which I I've listened to several podcasts and um, I, I I actually find it fairly interesting as a debate is whether or not you, you should shoot a bedded deer. Or elk or whatever. I never heard uh, that because that happens. I mean, it rarely happens in, in bow, but yeah. rarely. Yeah. But it, and, yeah, and you know, and, and what's funny is that they, it's like, well, is it ethical to shoot a bedded deer because it's bedded and it's just not fair? Which I'm like,
0: this, you found them bedded. That's pretty fair. Well, I'm
4: like, this stuff is really hard. And if you found them and it's a decent target, you take advantage of that and you know what? I would rather die in my sleep too. So let's just, <laughs> I, mean, um, I love like, I'm like how it, many miles and yeah. The how other many
1: miles have you walked?
4: no the know. other piece is, um, a, a laying down animal is going to compress the, the, the organs, the kill, uh, zone is, is going to shift slightly, and so are you – like, can you make that judgment and make sure you make a clean kill? And yeah. so I respect that a little bit more, right? Right. The, um, but uh, – I you get know, what they're saying. Yep. And I talked with Sam, and we, we said, hey, you know what? We, we fall in the same line of the ethical dilemma. We decide that a, a clear, bedded deer, fair game, as long as we feel comfortable. Yeah. So – Um, And we made that – we had that conversation early on too so that we were both on the same page. Good solid rest and and everything.
1: So like as you go into this, explain that, please.
4: Solid rest, uh, making sure you have three points of contact, making sure that you you feel comfortable in – you feel like you – basically you feel like you can remove any of your variables to make a clean and clear shot. Um, And then the environmentals. Like for instance, the day before – or that morning. I could have taken a 550-yard shot on the deer that we had seen across the canyon. The wind was howling. Uh, It was there was weird angles. Mm-hmm. There was no way. Yeah, I just it was just like the the environmental conditions did not even remotely make me believe like that was going to be a smart and or ethical shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we move in on this one. Sell at 460. I've got I've. Moved my bag out. It's a good rest. I actually have a rock under the back end. It's a great point of contact. I mean, I am as solid and as steady can be. At this 460, felt like 100. Yeah. Like,
1: like that's one thing that I, I think a lot of people may miss if they haven't done a lot of, like, long-range mm-hmm. shooting, is putting something under
4: the butt, the, of, the the
1: butt of the gun, yeah. the rear of the gun. Huge difference. I learned that big huge time. difference mm-hmm. versus huge difference. if... Like if you have a bipod on your gun, if you can have the bipod down or have the the front of the gun resting on something and then also have something on the rear of the gun. Yeah that makes a huge difference because yep. you don't you don't have that kilter of like side to side or around mm-hmm. movement nearly can, as
4: much you yeah. can and it's, you can fine-tune it too it's like solid which is why a lot of people at long-range use sandbags because you have mm-hmm. the sandbag as that point of contact you can actually put your arm under there and pinch it and you're just doing subtle pinching movements to make those fine-tune yeah. adjustments Mind yeah um, and that and it's it makes a huge difference because the further you are everything is magnetic Absolutely, it's magnified. magnified. Yep. Just like a bow, man. Yep, so Percent. So I was, mm-hmm. I was set. I felt really good about the whole situation. Um, but lo and behold, there the two that were were with them. There was a two by three with this buck that bedded down right in front of it. <laughs> and so we're like, "Well, this is great. Yep. Um, not a big deal. They didn't know we were there. Uh, we, you know, we were at a at a good spot. Uh, we just needed we needed that." Everybody smaller had, buck did yeah, get out. Just waiting out them of this. out. At we this point. Did, we, yeah, waiting them out. We just needed things to separate. Um, it took an hour and a half. And it's the afternoon. Well, it's the afternoon. The going which down. Which is crazy. So the sun is going down. They are. Uh, the sun is setting right behind them. And I mean, the sun is. Mean, creating uh, glare. It's creating all glare, happening. all that stuff. Yeah. Which is interesting, though, is that, and this is going to be a shameless product plug. The sun set right behind these deer, and there was, as I moved around in the scope, there was only two subtle movements that I made that would make it a um, a glare-induced impossible shot. Otherwise, I could have shot at any given time, with the sun directly behind the uh, animals. And
1: you needed to talk about how long you were in the prone position. I wasn't... In- on these deer because because that's going to really set up for the yeah. for, for so, the rest of
4: your story from so we're so just we're, the,
1: the rest of it. I'm not even going to go into too. it but it so, is pretty funny what so, goes on
4: after So I'm thinking that I'm going to be able to get this shot off within the first 10 minutes of going prone because uh we already decided that we like we're, we're going to shoot it feel him like it's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and it was funny too cuz Sam the great, great guy to hunt with, but he, you know, he saw the debacle that happened earlier and he's like, we need to get closer. And I'm like, Sam, I don't need to get closer.
1: Debacle meaning you missing. The the, 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 the boon bait. and crock
4: at 200 plus inch mule deer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The I just thing, wanted to clarify that. Yeah, for nope. The that's a real story. <laughs> real tough. thing to do. <laughs> Come on. Here's the deal. Here's <laughs> Give the deal. guy a break. Here's <laughs> yeah. the deal. Life is life. Real life. I could omit that from the podcast. No one would ever need to know about it. Life is life. It's out real Real's real. Um but yes, he saw that and said, You know what? I might need to get this guy closer. And I said, Sam, nope. I said, To be honest with you, where this i I this I've never felt more confident than I do right now. Rock solid at 460. Rock solid. You just at know when you know. You know when you know. And so but I'm sitting there prone thinking ten minutes and this is gonna be done, but then there's this little deer in front of the other deer and Ten minutes turns into an hour and a half, and I'm at a Mm. slightly awkward angle. A lot of pressure on my elbows. My back is like kind of candid, and all of a sudden, like my elbow starts going numb. My arm starts shaking because it's going numb. I can feel my back (laughs) twinging. I mean, if you ever just just an awkward position, man, go and lay on your kitchen floor on your stomach for an hour and a half. And see how you feel. Like it, it, it starts to wear on you. And now this isn't kitchen floor. Add a couple of rocks in different places, and they would like bend. You feel you back. the pressure points, yeah. and all that. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there going, "Like, man, this is terrible." <laughs> I'm like, and so as the sun's setting, um, it actually the sun sets during this whole process, uh, and finally the little buck gets up, and I'm like, I'm like, Sam, I, I got to take this shot here pretty soon. And I was like. I'm not kidding. My left arm is going numb and it's getting shaky. And I was like, and I, so I feel really good right now, but like physiological things are happening. Like my back (laughs) is cramping up. Like I've been here for a while. Like this is, this is not, this is weird. Like I feel good. I don't want this to feel bad. And he's like, Totally get it. He's like, oh, the little one's getting up. He's like, okay, just let it pass. Let it pass. I'm like, great. I was like, he's open. How do you feel? He's like, I think he's going to stand up in a minute. I was like, okay. I mean, a stand-up shot is better. Like, I totally agree. I was like, but I feel good about this. He's like, well, let's just see if he stands up. Ten minutes goes by. The big buck's just sitting there. I was like, finally, I was like, Sam, I feel really good about this shot. This is exactly where I'm going to aim. He's like, yep, that's, that's a good spot to aim. I was like... Do you feel comfortable with this shot? If I can hit that spot, he's like Lucas. If you feel comfortable, take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm telling no, you, no delay. Like an were, hour and a half later, <laughs> you a- felt comfortable. I've been looking at this shot for, and I gotta tell you, like as soon as he said, "I'm okay with it," and literally, like it, it 460 yards later, that the deer he, uh, hit it. It stands up and falls down. It didn't move a foot. Like, it was yeah. done immediately, um, which, again... Pretty I've much been, what you want. W- which and, what you want. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I've never seen something just not move. It didn't move at all. And uh, and I was That's just awesome. like... awesome. It was great. And, and I was, of course, relieved, too. Was, so at the end of the day, I experienced my was, debacle earlier, too. And so, in my mind, even though I looked at this, I was like, this is two and a half times the distance, but... I so felt so good about it yeah and so when it actually played out perfectly i was like see that that's how it should work
0: <laughs> what did you do after the shot like what was your so, reaction so then i so yes, immediately please. i was like
4: i was like, I, I actually wanted to give sam a hug because we we had been through some stuff together it's and buddies. so yeah it's been rough. so i get up i'm like he wants to shake my hand i'm like no bro we're hugging but as i stand up like literally left calf right hammy just cramp, like, and it cramps so hard that I like go to reach out to hug him and just literally tip over. I'm like
3: faceplant <laughs> in the like, rocks.
4: And, and you know how when you get a big old cramp in those big muscles, you're like, and you're trying to stretch him out to make it go away. So I'm like flailing around a little bit on the thing. I was like, okay, okay, oh cramp, oh cramp, okay, oh, oh
2: cramp, 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 cramp,
4: cramp, <laughs> cramp. And and, it, and it finally, like, I, I flex it out and then I pop up and give him a big hug. And I was like. I told you I wasn't lying about my cramps. I was like, I was, I'd been sitting there for so long that like this was going to go south quick. And so, it was, and, it, and as soon as I changed, it, like literally my body just goes, and I was tightened up. And just,
1: the, at this point, the sun had already like it's set. set. No, it's like, set. You're
4: talking what? Like fifteen twenty
1: had, minutes more of shooting light.
4: Yeah, we had yeah we had maybe fifteen twenty minutes of shooting light because mm-hmm. and we had sat there for a while, um, and yeah. so to see that like for it all to play out and to your point about like what the hunt should feel like, um, while anybody would love to shoot a booner, yeah. and I mean that buck was big, the freneticness of that situation, um, it it's not the hunt that I actually wanted. Right. And so to be able to spot something, to be able to stock up on it, to be able to wait for the right moment and to be able to make that shot from a mule deer standpoint. Yeah. Th- the hunt that I ended up with, it was her it felt so perfect made it right. complete it right? made it like, complete, and it was and it was a great buck like at the end of the day i mean we're gonna probably yeah. we'll tape this it's thing out one it's, it's probably 80 180, ish. It's 180 it's, it's Maybe 180 it's 185
0: that's yeah um but it, it's the biggest Just, thing uh, i've ever shot. it's a, it's a pretty buck um Dude, and- i was so pumped when when you you sent us in the group text buck down 460 yards yeah it was it was cool and to and and to uh
4: to make that shot after the debacle before and actually to be fair, to be fair, oh, <laughs> gosh. um, to not see anything for three days. I mean, I'm talking nothing for three days to then seeing a-, a maybe shooter that escapes you. A booner that you totally screw up, and then a really nice muley that you seal the deal on, and in a perfect uh, spot in stock scenario. Yeah, like that was a very compressed day. Like yeah, over the course of everything, and well, then of course, and the, and yeah. you know we talked earlier That's about the whole is. the whole experience. Um, then to go and be able to. Field dress it, you know, to or we quartered it out and carry it out under yeah. the moonlight. That like, was I, awesome. Yeah, and some people like so cool. Some people will say, "Oh yeah, you know, once you get it down, that's when the work starts and the fun stops." It's like, no, that's when the the fun the, the, work the the fun it's fun work. Like, yeah, yeah, the work starts, but that's the why fun, you're there? Yeah, though. the fun doesn't stop.
1: Like I, I, I will never, I will never forget that experience. Yeah, like walking up the ridge. Yeah, and like you guys listening don't know, but they call and we head up there to go help out and Lucas and Sam are up there and me and Gordy head up and uh I, I can Lucas had left his headlamp on flashing. the flashing mode, like the SOS mode. Yeah. So he could see us. On a tree so that I could see the light and I could see it from like the main road. So it's pitch black. We don't even leave a truck until I don't like nine <laughs> o'clock maybe-ish. Nine I got dropped out of camp, maybe? by the know.
0: way, before I went out there. Yeah. I was shot. <laughs> yeah, so
1: Kurt's back in camp. Me and Gordy head A little head frustrated. My and head. It, yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's pitch black. So, I, I look at Onyx maps and I, we don't have service down there. So we go up, we get service. We've been driving around forever trying to figure out some road, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I'm like, this is where they're at. We're gonna walk up to this ridge, and I remember climbing up this steep grade and getting on the flat and seeing the moonlight. And I just turned my headlamp off. It's gorgeous. And I just looked like just stood there in the moonlight, and, and I could
4: see the entire ridge. Like, and it's a in crisp, the, the crisp air. The stars are on fire. It was amazing. And I mean, and that's the and that's what people don't get to experience, right? Yeah, and that's um, what your your normal non-hunter who who, whatever that person's experience is you don't get to be in the middle of it like this existence where it's it it's literally you the stars god whatever you want to believe in it's it's like and that's it yeah for me i was
1: like there's nothing else this this is why i do yeah it's such a
4: refreshing like clean feeling yeah and 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 that's why it bothers me when people like well that's when the work starts. It's like, no, 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 no. Uh, that's – I mean – This is why we're it, here. I mean yeah. it's work. Don't get me yeah. wrong. We were sweating it's, by the time we got back to the truck. But, but yeah. when, the, when the work starts, the fun doesn't stop. And yeah. I think that's the, that's the mistake
0: you, that a lot of people make. When you make. think about this, though, three days before the, more, oh. the more miserable the experience in a way – Type 2 fun the more fun the experience yeah. because you don't ever tell anybody about the easy yeah. stuff. So what's, you know it's really you funny, know? What's 100%. really funny
4: is that um yeah to, if I had shot in that booner with in that frenetic like 200 yards from the truck sort of scenario. Right. The story changes completely. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, cool. Yes. I shot a giant. Yeah. And there's you a, don't have and all And there's that. a giant on the wall, and you could be like, no one's going to shoot one that big. But then that's it. But this was an experience. There's like, texture to your story. So much texture. <laughs> What's really funny is that when Brandon and uh, Gordy show up, we had already kind of given up on them. And <laughs> I had actually had half the deer <laughs> I'm in my showing pack. showing up. Yeah. I had half the deer in my pack, and I was actually a mile Towards our truck, and then they show up. So then I had to walk a mile back <laughs> to meet them <laughs> at the spot. And then we had to walk another and half a quarter met- mile down back to there. So my two mile pack out actually became a three and a half mile pack out.
1: <laughs> we pretty much met exactly where you had shot yeah. that bug. Yeah. So I we, got dropped. Uh, we well, met we- at the tree well, this where, <laughs> the, where the meat was hanging.
0: I got dropped off at camp. And me and Sierra are sitting in camp, and then I get a text from uh, Lucas saying, two-mile pack out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, crap, they're not going to be back to camp for, like, a long time. And then I immediately felt guilty that I didn't go with. <laughs> so, sorry about that. but
4: mm. It's all good, though. It's all good. It's just It's one of those things. And you know what's funny, too, is that in these scenarios where you go – um, there's different versions of guided hunts and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, this one was, it felt very much like a public land hunt to where it's mm-hmm. like, again, there was a lot of grit that was put into it, but.
0: Yeah. I think people feel it, like a guided hunt is
4: like an easy hunt. Well, it's not no, the case. And in some, in some instances like that, that can happen. It but, can. Yeah. And even in this, like, as soon as that buck went down, like, I'm like, nope, I'm going to gut it out. I'm going to, you know, dress it out. And and same thing happened to you, Kurt, today. He's like, oh, wait, are you guys going to take care of it? Like, what, I don't, I don't have to do that. It's like, no, no. That, that's why we're here. We're like, hunters. Yeah, we're hunters. We're, yeah. We take care of our animals. Like We're, we're not gonna, just
0: rich dudes yeah, that are here. We're,
4: yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're going to pack it out. And, and it's so funny when you look at their, like, their faces are like, it almost oh, makes you oh. feel good. Yeah, they're like, Oh, okay. So do I just sit here and watch? <laughs> like, yeah, here's my phone. Take some pictures. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. It's no, kind of cool. Yeah. But it, it's one of those things that was a lot of fun up there. Just like, you know, the moon's come popping out and you know, we're getting elbows yeah. deep and we're making it happen. And for I don't sure. know it for me again, it's that like, it's the entire experience. And now I, now I get to bring my meat home and it to be, uh, like I like having my stuff processed sometimes, but I actually like to do it myself. I like to cut it up. I like to make my own sausages, and again, it completes that process. Is it necessarily like fun? Like, oh, do I want to go home every day and grind meat and like cut? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily fun, but it's super rewarding. Yeah, so, it's like a and, uh, it's like a self reward. Yeah, and I think what's crazy is that all of us that were on this um, hunt, uh, we're we're all bringing our meat back to process it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's one of those things where it's like it, that that's kind of cool. Like, We're all consuming
1: it, it in our own way. Yeah, one. it completes the process, right? right. I, th- I think like it just it really I, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. there's an intimacy yep. to it. As weird as that sounds, like you you know
4: exactly where that animal came yep. from. Yep. And and sometimes Who it? yep, and even like, when you send it to a processor sometimes you're like, "Well, am I getting my deer back? Am I getting my elk back?" And you should be, but you never know. Yeah. When, yeah. And, and most
1: of the time you probably yep. are, you probably but, are, but, but you there's still know. a disconnect. Yep. There's a slight small disconnect yep. versus and, like
4: And I have stuff pro- and I will say there I, ha- it is. I do have stuff stuff processed on occasion too. We had a we had a have processing chance, yeah, we for a did. long time. Yeah. Yeah. We, and they're great. But if I have the chance, if and if I have the time, I will I prefer to do it myself. Yeah, yeah,
1: there's people that do a phenomenal job because, like, that's, that's their better. That's profession. what I want to do
0: next. I think I'm going to try and look for a like a meat grinder so mm-hmm. I can do my own burger sausage seems like kind of a chore. I don't, I've never done my own sausage. Like, uh, it well, that's probably chip for another podcast, but it's great.
4: I love it. Yeah. I do my, I do a lot. Of- oh, this has a pretty awesome. It's pretty, awesome s- one. yeah, it's actually right, pretty I'll to, simple. I'll have to dive in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so that was my experience. I went from absolutely nothing, seeing absolutely nothing to on a single day, seeing the most yeah. things in the most intense situations that I've ever seen him in to having then the perfect hunt, making the perfect shot, um, and a stud of a, a meal deer, and it was a really good meal deer, like I, I got, a great buck. Yep, and it's you know it's uh you're downplaying a little bit. It's, it's a stud. It, you, I'll I'll, bra- I'll humble brag for you. Success is to not measured buck. in inches. It's nice to have a good. It's nice to have biggest
1: a, one shot of the year of the year in, here. I would
0: say on the property. Pro- I mean, it's a stud. at this biggest point, one in camp. Probably like, well, in not the last you this and week, Sierra kind of like mopped up the whole.
4: I did okay Please. for myself. I did okay for myself. You did, cause you gotta have great. faith. Yeah. But it was. But everybody
1: but... can shoot a giant mule deer.
4: Lucas <laughs> Bird a... I like that. That's nice. Okay. No, but it was. It was Very that. Nice. Like that's the and the cumulative experiences. Yeah. Uh And I, you know what? And I and I think Sam appreciated that too. It's like I mean we put in a lot of miles together, and so that was. It's cool, man.
0: You be you you create hunting it buddies that, real fast.
4: Yep. So, and that then
0: transitioned us to Kurt. Back me, to Kurt. Me mopping it up, huh? Yeah, mopping it up. Last day, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so I got talked by, in by the... Well, you know, I had it was on the radar. Mostly, like, the doubt of, like, the ball hunting thing. We talked we about offered road. you an alternative to success. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I realized quick, I'm like, you know, I'm here. I'm in Oregon. Um, I might not ever get to come back to Oregon to hunt mule deer. I don't know. So, I'm like... I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. Let's try this rifle out. And I really enjoyed it, actually, like shooting it out. It, it felt good. I was pretty, I mean, Brandon, you shot it with, or I shot that rifle for the first time with you. Yeah. And I don't know if you kind of like sense my doubt in it a little bit. like, Well, we just haven't done it. And this yeah, rifle and too, that's the thing. Like, it's it
1: It wasn't really, I don't know if I would call it doubt, but like maybe a little bit of uncertainty.
0: Uncertainty, yeah. <laughs>
1: uncertainty or just like. Unknown. Yeah. Right. Because you're going from shooting a bow the last 10 years to yeah. shooting a rifle. And they, mm-hmm. there's, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, there's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. Right? Yep. Yeah. Like you're not going to take a bow and be like, ah, I'm going to shoot that bucket 400 yards. Well, with you the right back, though, too.
0: Like in Illinois, like I've killed you with muzzle loaders, but like for the shot I made on a doe with a muzzle loader, um is 250. Yeah. And that's like, I know that's far for a muzzle loader. I know that's far for yeah. Illinois. Like, would never shoot further than that. Haven't killed a deer in ten years with a gun. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. Hasn't been on my radar. I deleted it out of my mindset. Essentially, um, still respected it, not against it by any means, but just my personal radar wasn't there.
4: Yep. It's a different passion.
1: Well, different and, passion, and to be fair,
4: to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> you're in a
0: different landscape. Different landscape,
4: completely.
0: Yep, and that makes different a big difference. Landscape. Because in Illinois you can't even hunt with rifle, right? There's, no, there's black powder rifle. So, they call them black powder rifles. It's a muzzle.
4: I, I call that rough. a forcing function.
0: <laughs> it's like so,
4: oh, it's I, not. It's not. Even if I wanted to, I can't. But
0: it, like
1: <laughs> like the terrain is different. Yeah, it's all different. It's, it's a different species. Well, well it got me a little
0: more like interested in like one the. Engineering and technology and process of like rifle scopes. Once mm-hmm. I was in Portland or Beaverland and got to see the. Um, Can we take a quick. Did you say Beaverland? <laughs> Is it Beaverland? Beaver-ton? Beaverton. Beaverton? <laughs> yeah. Beaverland sounds great, but it's Beaverton. That shows that I'm not from the area. So. <laughs> Be- you
1: know, the Portland.
4: Portland. Beaverton.
1: Beaverland sounds like an Beaverland. area, though, don't it?
4: It's the Oregon. Of the world, well, hey, we're just going to call it Beaverland. Okay, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the cool no. manufacturing. I didn't process. say it's Beaverland. I no, I think we should petition to change the name.
0: Actually, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm all in. No bums allowed. Yep. <laughs> all right. Um, I don't. Fort Worth's got its issues. All right, let's be honest. Shows Chicago. They keep it weird, man. <laughs> Chicago's worse. I think that's my that's my city. Um, yeah, I took the tour at loophole. Mm-hmm. and. It got me interested in scopes because I got to see like the process and the it, it was just cool. Yeah, and, and I enjoyed it. Shout
4: out to our tour guide, yeah, Nick look, He's he, that dude. Like, can, he drops knowledge. He bombs. threw a
0: lot of yeah. information at me, and we were talking today in camp that you were bringing up things that were kind of covered in the tour, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I'll, I remember that because. Yeah. Because I'm also wicked smart. There's like two hours of a tour (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to grasp all the information of. And he's showing me all the stuff back to back to Mm -hmm. back. Well, it's cool. So anyway. Well, not like that's one cool thing. I'm going to interrupt
1: you. but No, you're fine. The fact that you get to actually see pretty much the entire manufacturing process. Oh, I saw it all. When you I mean, do it, that, and it's B- from because they're yeah. made right there. Yeah, yeah. that you, you like. You're uh, not say, just seeing like uh, oh, <laughs> you're not just seeing like oh hey, here's the offices and here's the marketing department yeah, and here's our Manufacturing in China,
0: like, but we sell them here. Yeah, yeah. like you're actually
1: <laughs> seeing oh hey, this is where mm-hmm. every single process, the whole deal, is. and it's it's built. a pretty
4: big manufacturing.
1: I got part to go too. to rooms like so get, that I
0: probably shouldn't have even <laughs> been there.
4: <laughs> there were some clean rooms, and you are obviously dirty.
0: Yeah, there, yeah. I'm like, this guy's got hand tattoos. Don't even let me look through this glass. <laughs> He's got to put a smock on. No, you better put two on that guy. Like, a smock for that. I saw smock people from bottom. a distance with lab coats. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere near that area. Keep me over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think
1: that's really cool. It was... That you, that you actually get to see the whole
0: It was amazing. It, it put a whole new respect mm-hmm. for me. It... The people, everyone there was awesome. Um, they are our type of people, um, and working class bow hunters. They all know what I'm talking about when I say our type of people. It, it's just, it's the real grit of who, what makes up hunters and um, our culture, and um, it's ma- and it's manufacturing too, right? I mean,
4: yeah. and that's like, there's a lot of manufacturing in the Midwest, which yeah. is interesting, but like yeah. this is real manufacturing. I mean, we're taking for real raw aluminum. We're one of the biggest consumers of raw aluminum. Yeah. next to Boeing on the your guyses and we and and we are building scopes from scratch and we're not just we, yeah. we're not just shipping in but compo- we're building components, we're building scopes, we're building all that yeah. stuff from scratch.
0: The people who work at loophole Leupold are the same people who listen to Working Class Ball on yeah. podcast. The same people that message us say, "Hey, I work in a machine shop. I do this mm-hmm. this and this." It's the same people. Yeah. It really is. Like I got that vibe. I got the flavor. And I feel like it was like recognized too when I was on like the shop floor essentially and and seeing everyone and kind of talking to people. It was cool, Um, but anyway, going back to it, like yeah, I just kind of had a a connected feel. Shot the rifle a little bit, changed it up. I don't remember where we like really into the story, but you actually were probably so. I just got into what you yeah I shot
4: the, the biggest buck ever known to this area group. Area, not area. The there's, there's some big bucks coming off here, but um, basically, we're just saying that I'm amazing. You're cool, and I. After I failed miserably, I backed it up with success, and now it was your turn, okay. to do the same.
0: Right. So we brought her down to the wire. Um, <laughs> well, I pretty much had been everywhere. I feel like on this, on this, on this whole area. I mean, Gordy have tore it up. I think we put in. F- can we,
1: can, we friends, can,
0: yeah, we talk, can we
1: talk about
2: Gordy for a yeah, second? Fast friends.
1: Yeah. Can we talk about Gordy for a second? Yeah, we can talk about Gordy. Like, when we just say Gordy, people are like, oh, Gordy, the guy. Dude, Gordy He's is 74. 74? Seven, 74, mm-hmm. 75? He's 74.
0: 74-year-old dude. He's a mountain man. Wearing a pair of way too baggy
1: of camo, Whip. like, canvas jeans tight pants. Um doesn't get tired. Not what for, you should really be
0: wearing
1: hunt. hiking in the woods, mule deer hunt. Not the most efficient
0: the guy has, he's a recurve hunter.
4: Not technical gear is what
1: you're saying. Yeah, so. Non
0: technical you know gear. He's, he's a recurve hunter, pretty yep. much. Um, that's why he got me, well, I don't want to say got stuck with me. You, but dude, you were, no, you
4: were going to say it. It's it's real. But you that's, know what I mean, though.
0: They put Gordy with me because I was a, I'm a bow hunter. You're
1: a bow hunter, and he's a hardcore
0: recurve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, we related on that. He's, he has shot compounds a lot. He's hunting with compounds. He's 74 years old uh-huh. and just like. But, I'm just gonna yeah.
1: hook up this mountain. You know, I,
0: I talked to him about that a little bit. I don't know if I like told you guys. We were, mm. we were riding around. I'm like, how do you do it, man? Like at 74, like I, I have a hard time getting around these hills and stuff because it's new to me. Like at that your age, like I know guys that are 60 that uh, have a hard time in Illinois. Like, what do you do? He goes, basically, this is what he said. I never quit doing it, and I guess he just walks all the time in the off season and hunting. He's like, I never quit moving. He goes, even though I'm retired, I'm up, and I'm moving, and I do things. He goes, I n- I'm never complacent, pretty much. That, you know, he doesn't just sit in his rocking chair at home. And I will say that. like, I'm just going to bring up this point. If there are any
1: older listeners out there, just get out there and move. Yeah. Just do be- something. Be- because we celebrated a birthday this week for Russ. He turned 71. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how old Sam is, but Gordy's 74. Sam's...
4: 205. He's (laughs) 300 years old. He he acts like he's 32. But like a a lot of the guys that were out here are amazing. All amazing.
1: Yeah, Amazing dudes and some older guys. Yeah. But just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. We're we're in our 20s and 30s, and these dudes are like dude, in their 60s and 70s. Crushing it. Going up up the first
0: mountain here in Oregon, I'm behind Gordy, and I'm like, Oh God, I'm tired. But like my body was getting like acclimated, and then I was like, yeah. I, I feel like I would get tired, but then I'd recover quickly. Get tired, recover quickly. Um, but, but be be active. Yeah, it was yeah, impressive, like, man. Yep. Get get outside and do something. It was impressive, um, man. Back, to, I can't remember to where
1: we're 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 shooting guns. You okay. transition anyway. Shot the gun. You're I get an into
4: a shot. Everyone's super jealous of my buck. Yeah, we're just, like, so jealous.
1: (laughs) No, we're Um, way past that. You're so so jelly. jelly. Being jelly
4: is your jam. We're way
0: past that. So I get talked into, like, hey, chase him with the rifle. This is where we're at with the bow hunting thing. So I go after it. Um, And we just didn't see much, really. (laughs) Mm. We didn't see shit. I was going to say it, so I'm going to jump in and say
4: (laughs) it. It, Well, the weather set in, like, prematurely. Yeah, it did. Like, we kind of – so. We came woke at, up it came out of five, in a nowhere. Went from
1: six? seventy. I don't like, know even know what day it is. Went from seventy two degrees to like, hey, I am gonna be fifty five in a rain. Yeah, well after, and that, it was, after sp- the
4: after the rain wasn't supposed to come in until this afternoon, and yeah. this morning it came in it hot and it, or cold and
0: heavy. And it said, "Oh, just
4: kidding, we'll, I won't get on you."
0: Yeah, well, I, I got to add too is like after that bow experience when we were in the mountain pinch, we didn't see, I didn't see a buck really worth worth shooting after that, like a shootable buck didn't no. happen. And so I get up this morning. I'm like, all right, today and tomorrow is the last days. Here we go. I'm in Oregon. This is a rarity. I fly home here soon, and we got to see what happens. We get up. I got the rifle. Different level for me. Like different, different, uh, op- different opportunities are going to come up because it's like if you can see one, you can maybe figure out how to shoot it, right. which is weird to me. Unless you forget to take your safety off. That's a, that's a fact. And, and honestly, and that or, stuff's running through my and head. Or decide just to not shoot it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's running through my head, too, a little bit. So we go out this morning. Rain's on us. We hike a lot. I'm tired at this point. I'm. It's just for me, it's been a long run of, like, hills, and um, I should just keep it going. I'll be in great shape when i do this stuff next year. Um, but I'm just kind of feeling the mental exhaustion a little bit and the physical exhaustion. Nothing. Rain. We're thinking about what to do. We go into a spot um, near where Brandon shot his buck, but we go in a little... Well, did we go in further, or is it the same area?
1: No, we. I mean, we made a very similar loop.
4: Yeah. So we did this walk-in, but and this I'm was, like... This was after, this was after the several-mile walk-in where
0: I got mine yesterday. Yeah, we so we went it. in to find the other bucks that yep. you won the big boy you missed. Just in case they decided to stick around. Yeah, yeah. We, you never know. Yeah, you never they know. They were in there, so we went and tried, and we hit up this drainage, and I'm like... It's rainy, so I have my hoodie on to keep myself from getting, like, chilled to the bone, but I'm hot and sweaty, and then I'm walking up, and I'm, like, I'm just feeling, I think I'm feeling a little bit of the altitude, and I'm feeling the exhaustion of the hunt. The grind. And total, and the grind. Type two fun. And this, was this today? I mean, I got tired before, but, like, I feel like today was the first day I was kind of, like, complaining about being tired, you know? Like I, I feel like you noticed today.
1: It, today was when you dropped some random words out there every once in a while hiking up the hills.
0: Yeah, I was dropping curse words just randomly, just to get myself through it. You know, I drop an F bomb ah, and get up the hill. <laughs> like it, it's necessary sometimes. You know, <laughs> just a, it's a little bit. It's like an exhaustion thing you have to just do, especially at, when you're not used to it. Anyway, but you never like, really slowed down. You didn't think. Not really. You crushed yeah. it. Not really. Wow, like, I feel like I mean, you did. You were cranky about crushing it, but you crushed it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, point is I crushed it. That's right. right? Um, yeah, okay. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll deal with that one for sure. Because yeah. I, w- I would expect you guys to say that I was being... No, you crushed it, dude. Okay, that's yeah. good. That's good.
4: Um, your, your your listeners would be proud. So, be proud. But <laughs> it, <laughs> Thank you. <here's> a question. <laughs> How much of
1: that exhaustion was mental versus physical. Mm. Like, if you were to throw a percentage out there of, and like, mental, it was and this men- percentage mental, it was this percentage physical. And mental is
4: kind of based on emotional, too, right? Where it's yeah, like, yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah, into each yeah, other. emotional 100%
1: say, of that. I'd like, say,
0: oh, man, today, of, like, today was a the little grind different. of, like, oh, I'm not seeing much. I would like, say yesterday was 60%. Uh, 60% mental, 40% physical. I would say today, oh man, I don't know that stuff today might've been the, it might've been 50, 50, mm-hmm. which, you know, lowers down physically, which makes it harder to get to where you want to be. Yep. And then your mental aspects has dropped down to, so you're, you're kind of meeting them both halfway there. Yeah. Well, I
4: can tell you after the first three days, my, I was 70% mentally mental. exhausted yeah. i could tell I 30 could tell. 30%, I, like physical i was like we can keep going and going and going yeah but 70 i was just like ooh, i like we've really like especially when everybody else is having success and you're grinding,
1: and grinding i could tell and with you for sure because yeah. you
0: express it to us and and i i was getting
1: there with you yeah. i just think that that mental aspect of hunting is it's you got intriguing. intriguing yeah it, it is really. intriguing but i think it's very intriguing i actually like, love oh, the breakdown nothing, of it because you nothing. you
0: live in that that mental space for so long mm-hmm. and so what we did today is we went to a spot that um i hadn't been mm-hmm. and we went and it was raining and we came back and we ate had a quick snack mm-hmm. we we went back out and, and we
4: talked about going to that spot because it was raining hard the wind was blowing really hard hard it was, yeah. it was the um, opposite side of uh, a plateau of the wind, so we knew there would be a wind break in there. Yeah, we people had seen animals in that side, and so it's like you know what? On a miserable day where it's raining hard, the wind's blowing hard.
0: Yeah, this is where they should hole up if they're yeah. there. I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick before we finish the rest of the story. So you guys like carry on. I'm That's, just calling yeah. it obvious. So no, I it's it. it's actually super interesting because
4: uh, this is your part of the story, and you're going to. the bathroom. <laughs> And he you're said, like, just, you're just like, hey guys, just totally carry on. Yeah, just on bailing out us. My honest. part of the story. Uh, so it's, uh, even when we we're up on the uh, uh, the other the back forty where I had gotten my buck, uh, the rain really set in, and even there it's like, you know, you, you, you have to when the weather changes drastically, you think w- what are the animals going to do mm-hmm. when when that happens and you kinda of look at what are you gonna do it's like well you're gonna find shelter <laughs> Yeah <laughs> and so I mean so it's like you're very similar, you know, that a tree, you're gonna be away from the wind and all that stuff. And so that's you know, those are the places where he started looking. But that was the interesting spot about that. So um you know while I, Kurt, I you know, think why he's thing while he's going to the bathroom what I thought was interesting is that again just to, to I guess the dedication to the process is that even after today that area that we went, I had I had been in there then for now five full days almost, mm-hmm. and even of those five days, there was only one day that I saw bucks in there. Yeah. And, and that one day, there was four shooter bucks in there, the biggest one I had ever seen, but you take any of the other days holistically away from that, and you'd be like, this is the worst place ever to hunt. But, but I
1: think that's one thing we should crazy. touch on real quick, just since you're kind of going into that. Is the fact that you had mentioned one thing of trust your guide. Yeah. And I haven't been on a lot of guided hunts. Actually, I've been on very few mm-hmm. guided hunts. Um, but but the fact that one thing that was very consistent in camp is in the area that you were hunting was, from what I gathered, there's not a ton of deer. You don't see much. But, but when, when you do you see it – it is a megalodon. Yeah. And so it's – And that held true. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you you go out there, you see three deer. You go out there, you see two deer. You see one deer. Like you're hardly seeing anything. Mm-hmm. But yet you come back and everyone's like, oh – that you know, there's not a lot
3: there. Trust but, the process. But when you
1: do, there's giants. Trust the process. When you go, you just never know. And then, and day, that's and day that's day four. You show up, and it's like,
4: yep. Oh, that. Yeah, I just saw the four or five biggest deer I've ever seen yep. in my entire life. And that's where you know, putting in the work, like the the work pays off Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. but and then in getting back to even now back to kurt's story where it's like (laughs) sorry where Mm -hmm. like in that nice you know there's like that's where the work pays off and then it's like okay now back to day five they're gone again and Mm -hmm. so it's like when are they going to show back up who knows it might be
0: five days from now yeah
4: it could be five days from now because they i mean and you know they're there Yep. but they're not going to expose themselves. They're no. smart. They're big. They, yep. and there's, there's so much cover to be had there They're And so it's like, you, we don't have five more days to wait Especially after <laughs> yeah. shooting
0: going on in the yep. area and all that. Yeah. And so yep. anyway, age-um-cated. we run through this area that we go through and it's kind of like our midday plan. And we have a, an evening plan, but in the evening it's supposed to rain like crazy. The weather's mm-hmm. not supposed to be nice. We're getting ready to leave. I'm going to fly by. We're going to Portland. I'm going to fly back to Illinois. Um, So in my mindset, things are tapering out. It's time to make some moves. We go in and I'm kind of like, it's, it's sort of crappy, kind of raining, really windy. We, we pack through, I'm kind of in a, it's time to think about some things type of situation. You know, I don't know if that's fair. So we go through and make our way around. We, we get up this big hill. I'm tired (laughs) we make make it through like this uh, real piney area that's like a steep hill and the wind is howling. And the wind is howling into this piney area. And I'm like, if I was a big buck, I would not be bedded in here because it's cold. I'm going to be bedded like somewhere out of the wind in another draw. Mm -hmm. So we end up making our way around, get up to a point where we're sneaking, sneaking, sneaking. We're like, all right, we're going to glass this like, uh, I guess it it would be like a canyon, a draw. It, It was like a... Kind of like a series it, of... It's a series of draws assen- that creates a bowl.
1: Yeah, we're essentially sitting yeah. like on the, on the, up
0: on top of a there's rim. There's some rim
1: rock there. Yep. Yeah, we're essentially sitting up on top of a plateau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And looking down into on a On the very of, like, most training. north side
0: of this plateau, so we can see this, like... It's like a half bowl right. that yep. runs around, and we can see this whole cutout and rim rock and... Yep. and uh, Pretty cool, actually. Juniper. It was really cool. And it,
1: there's a giant field in the bottom of this, yep. or like a big flat it in the feels bottom of this like mule deer yeah. yeah it's like kind of a hidden flat from any other access point other than where we are sitting yeah and and you're able to glass there and see kind of like you're talking that big bowl that has all these fingers and these little ridges yep. and yeah it's a it actually happened to play out really well the way the wind was blowing, blowing was perfect yeah. because it had it it forces those deer in that bull into that
4: situation like into that and we moved to the far side of that to where we actually could use the wind in our favor as opposed to if we had come from the other direction it would have been
0: terrible but what's funny about this country is like going back to a little bit to your story uh lucas and even a little bit to all our stories this country is so big like you start glassing with your binos with your spotting scope whatever and you don't see anything at first but when you really run the the comb through it you're like oh there's some dose like, you spotted the does first, I think. Mm-hmm. There were some does yeah. way down in that, that, that big, the center drain. We, we were spotting them at 600 yards away, and then Kurt says, well, what about that buck that's looking at us at 275? <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's a buck right here looking at me. Yeah, And you guys are like, where? And I'm like, right here next to this dead tree. And there's this buck bedded staring right at us. And I'm like, well, I guess if you don't want to just stare at the does at 600 yards, <laughs> you can look at something you might want to shoot that's closer.
1: Well, well I'm Something looking at- <laughs> with antlers at 270. <laughs> Yards. <laughs> well,
0: I'm looking at the doe, being optimistic, like could there be a buck behind them, right? You know, and like waiting, 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 and then I'm like looking up and down, like oh, there's a buck looking at me, you know, and then I'm like, yeah, I don't know, he doesn't look that big. So, so this is like a twenty-minute process. Yep, the process begins, and you this- know, keep in mind we're down the last wire. I'm in Oregon. I don't get to ever hunt here. I'm like, what do you guys think? It's your decision, dude. You know. and, and he's not a bad buck. No. Don't get me wrong, but. I think it's awesome. I, in my head, I'm thinking like I wanted maybe a little bigger. I don't know. But then again, the one I had an opportunity with the bow um, a few days prior was was maybe a little smaller than this buck, yeah. maybe the same size as this buck. And I'm like, well, if I was willing to shoot that buck with my bow, right. why would I not be willing to shoot this buck right now, right. close to the last day? Here he is bed at 275. He's in the open. I can shoot him. Everybody's here. we got the camera. It'd be an awesome experience. We could pack him out, have a good time tonight. The weather's going to get shitty. But then I'm like, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to talk myself into that, this. And, the, and that goes again
4: back. what's your expected experience yep which again it goes back to it's not necessarily about the kill it's about how
0: what's that experience feel like around the around that like right it's just like how when that buck walked in with my bow i got that adrenaline rush Mm -hmm. and it felt right so i drew my bow Mm -hmm. and i was like oh don't have to think about it there he is it was so exciting it was up close so in this i'm thinking about all these scenarios i'm playing through everything like Okay, in a day, do I want to be on a plane in Oregon going flying home from my amazing Oregon mule deer hunt that I might not get to go back on again and you didn't take advantage of opportunities that were given to you? What are you thinking? You're going back to Illinois saying, with nothing. With nothing you you went on this trip that you got this opportunity you didn't capitalize on it and now you got to go home and explain to everyone how everyone at work and I, and that that's a little, Sorry,
1: honey. Yeah. I didn't
0: put any meat in the freezer. Yeah, and that's a big factor too. I want mule deer meat, man. Like yeah. my family lives off wild game meat.
1: Cuz what would you would you do when you well, we can get so, into that later or so, the
0: halfway through the process. So, anywho, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shoot this deer. He's right there. This is going to be awesome. And then you guys are like, you sure you're going to do this? I'm like, let's shoot him. So then it was like, all right, it's on, baby. Let's do this. Game time. <laughs> Brandon gets out the camera. Everybody's getting ready washing him. them. I, I pull my pack up to the rock, get on him, And I'm like, all right, you boys ready? And everyone's like, yep, on them. <laughs> he stands up, no shoulder, well up and down. Done. Like a Done. sniper. We walk up, first animal I've ever killed with a rifle. One shot, one kill. It was awesome, great footage. It's super cool. Super pumped, man. First mule deer ever. And I'm amazed by how big their bodies are. Like, big body. He had the body of a big, big whitetail buck, like a big, heavy whitetail buck. I was actually really surprised. The smell of him <laughs> was so different from a whitetail. And in my experience, someone else might be like, oh, they're the same to me. I didn't think he smelled anything like any white tail I've ever killed. Like I didn't enjoy the smell. Whitetails, I'm like, yeah, ruddy buck, I love that. <laughs> but but that might be how I was. I grew up, you know, it, you know what I mean. It might be like just what I'm used to. But I was like, I didn't enjoy his. It was very pungent. <laughs> you didn't you enjoy, enjoy its smell. It, it, to me,
4: it was like, you dude, gag- he stinks. Did you what what you did your th- mouth what, what, what'd you think about your antelope smell when you? I, I enjoyed the antelope smell. Oh, really? Yeah. <sighs> Do you not like it? No, most people. I love antelope meat. It's my favorite meat, yeah. actually, of all wild game. It's
0: amazing, um, I love but it too.
4: animal smell is very pungent, and most people find it very pungent. I, I, I really
0: enjoyed Isn't the antelope weird? smell more than I thought. My buddies told me, like, dude, if you kill an antelope, they're very weird smelling. Like, yeah. it's in once you touch them, you can't get it off. Yeah, that's, and I actually I enjoy the smell of sage more than I thought. Yeah. And to me, they smell like a sagey dog. Oh, did you roll in it like a dog? I handled the cape, and I, I loved it, honestly. Yeah. Did you sleep Something, with it? Like I guess blanket? that kind of yeah. explains it, some things. It is, <laughs> you, explain, been, you have been acting things. weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. But anyway, <laughs> the mule deer smelled weird to me, I thought. like, I mean, not like... Uh, it was weird. It was, I'm glad I got to smell it. It's a strong smell. Yeah, yeah, For but sure. It, it's not like a ruddy Midwestern whitetail. No. And maybe no, western whitetails don't. smell like that, because of the area. I you know I have not Are been we, in the Midwest. I would yeah, assume oh, it's very similar
4: because it's gonna it all is gonna come down to the, what they eat, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's true. I made that up completely on the spot, <laughs> but it feels really legitimate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, I shot myself a buck, and I'm very proud of
4: it. And 275. I mean, smoked it. Perfect shot right out the gate. I mean, and that yeah. thing went maybe 15 yards, and and was done. Yeah. it was oh, just a wonderful shot. Thank you, man. I, I
1: will say this. Like it, was the, very it, was, excited. it was really cool to watch, like, you transition from grinding it out with a bow to mm-hmm. being totally amazing, jumping <laughs> into something that you're, like, honestly not completely comfortable with. To be totally yeah. but, amazing. But embracing it. <laughs> And becoming totally amazing. There it is. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But 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 like embracing that and applying the things that you've learned from your bow hunting tactics. Yeah, it's really it was into the rifle aspect of it, and and taking a very similar approach in like that finesse, aim small, miss small. Yep. And right, right. Every single time I saw you shoot, whether it was at the target or whether it was at that buck, was very thought out and processed mm-hmm. and I appreciate made, that, man. like a yeah. phenomenal shot. Like I've seen a lot of people shoot and a lot of people don't make like proper shots, but mm-hmm. like you did an amazing job mm-hmm. of executing in those situations. And yeah I, I, was, I appreciate I that man that's a big impressed. compliment like, for me. And for me it was cool to just sit back and be yep. able to film it and watch it and and take that in because I don't get a lot of those opportunities. Um and to be able to see that it it just it gave me a different perspective on both sides of it on the archery side yeah. and on the rifle side and how many similarities there are. Um uh, and, and I thought that was really cool.
0: I appreciate that, man. That's a big, big compliment. Yeah, it was awesome. And you gotta do the gutless method on. uh, Yeah, yeah, getting that that bad boy out. We cord him out, and you guys had uh, Lucas had his uh, game bags. Thank you for that and knives. And uh, probably not normal for like
1: most Midwest people. Probably never see that gutless method. No,
0: because most places we can uh, we just gut them. Mm-hmm. And then we can get a side by side, a four wheeler, or a truck down to them. I mean, it might suck the drag, but like you normally like, you can put them I on can't a sp-
1: game card or drag. I mean, it, we have it's sleds flat. Like right? my
0: one of my big bucks last year, yeah. we put them on a sled, and my me and my buddy Austin Chandler pulled it out, and it, mm-hmm. it was a pain in the ass. But um, most times, you can kind of like struggle your way to where you can get a truck. And then you get them out and and it's fine. Uh, I have thought about that. Some spots I'm like, I might have to just like gut this deer, then cut them in half Mm -hmm. and then get them out in two pieces, which would be nice. But um, yeah, like we had no choice. Even it wasn't that far to the top of the ridge at this point. um, We had to, we had to quarter them out. We had Mm -hmm. to, there's no way you're going to drag them up. It just would have been impossible. And it completes the process. It's a fun process. It was
1: cool. And it's like, you don't, you don't lose any meat is that mm-hmm. to me it's actually a
0: cleaner process yeah you don't mess with guts or urine or like anything weird you know? yeah like uh, the the finished product of
1: the harvested meat is actually cleaner mm-hmm. i agree me. i mean it, and, it was and cool you man you get it all you get the neck meat tenderloins back straps mm-hmm.
0: yep. all of it he was a good three by three
1: That's and
0: cool. uh, i'm calling him a three by three yep Dang he's right. uh not the biggest muley in camp, but, man, I'm I'm damn proud of him. When you should be. Especially being from the Midwest. He's real pretty. You notice that his tips are, are white? hmm mm-hmm. I was really pumped about that. So he's going to make an awesome skull mount. Got some cool plans. I'm going to do, like, the state of Oregon, like, wood plaque with, the, like, adjustable skull mount on them and get the old loophole logo engraved on the plaque and, some you know, something, like, real cool-looking that sets him aside from my experience that yep. embodies the hunt. And I might do, like... Sure. a a group photo from camp like in a frame next to the skull or something real cool to just remember it and cool thing is like i've never eaten mule deer and now i got mule deer meat for the family yeah! and my wife's already really excited about it yeah it's cool yeah because when
1: i mean she was you pretty much called her and was like all right what are we gonna do with this thing
0: yeah now she
1: (laughs) she's like okay we we're gonna make steaks and we're gonna make this
0: and this if
1: i don't include my wife
0: into the like process because so. so for me it's different because i can't drive you guys live within driving distance from mm-hmm. here so my stuff's getting milled back so i'm gonna have it processed here in oregon and yep. then shipped back home um which is really cool for me because i would honestly stress out if i had to fly with it um <laughs> i'm just a worry wart though but yeah i have to call my wife and be like hey what do we want to do um you know what i mean because she yeah. eats yeah. It, you know she eats it uh she's probably I wouldn't say she's I w- actually, I would probably would say she's more excited about eating it than I am. I think that she gets enjoyment. she's earthy, as yeah. Lucas would say. you know she likes the the organic meat and like the like, the health of it and like the the thought of where it comes from so but anyway, man, it was awesome. great trip. everybody tagged out. It's good times. yeah, I think we've kind of peeled the meat from that bone yeah dude, we did a long, long podcast. We might us. have to break this up into a couple <laughs> That's right. we got her done. Do we have any parting thoughts? Um, I just want to say I'm thankful for you guys and your guys' effort on coming along awesome. with my hunting all the way down to the end. Um, it shows that like you know even though we're from different areas of the country yep. we've never met before this hunting camp. It shows that like minded people get along really well with one common interest sure. and it just makes me feel good about about like the hunting community and kinda of like what the future holds because kind of like what we're doing now in twenty years it's it's us still in this game and that are gonna influence the next round of people in this in this industry. Brandon yeah. I agree hundred percent. And I think tomorrow should
1: be predator control. And continue on. And think that this should not be the last trip.
4: The three amigos. I think we need to meet in Montana at one point. Montana, mm-hmm. yeah, huh? We are the three <laughs> amigos. <laughs> we are the three <laughs> amigos. Is that official? And amigos we always will be. <laughs> that is from the If you don't
1: know, Lucas is the master of singing. <laughs> <It's a laughs> All right. He's the camp. <laughs> Carry well, and, and, and,
4: and actually, Sierra, you would be part of this crew if you didn't bail out early. We we love you and appreciate you. What you going to do now? At the end of the day, if you ain't here, you Where can't you be part of the crew. We are the
1: four <laughs> amigos. Minus one. We are the four <laughs> amigos. <laughs>
3: except for one who left us. <laughs> Today. <laughs> Sounds so good. So smooth. It is smooth.
0: <laughs> well, I always close the show on working class with Go Shoot Your Bow, but I think that that doesn't really apply for this podcast because it was kind of a mixed batch of it all. Go adventure. Yeah, go adventure. Get out there, create your moment, enjoy the experience. Yeah, make it count, man. There it is. Thanks, guys.